everybody, and welcome to the Optic Theology Podcast. My name is Andy Schmidt. I'm here with Pastor Nick Gibson, and we're back with the podcast. Uh, we've gotten a couple of questions sent in from listeners. We're going to try to make our way through them over the next couple of podcasts, but um, the one that, that we're going to discuss right now, uh, somebody sent in the question. They said, as a Christian of the last 15 years, my question is, why is the spirit in me so weak and my heart so unactionable or non-action there's no it's not action oriented towards god despite trying to lean into the faith god calls us to we're not exactly sure right the, the, the spelling on unaction yeah the word that the question you're putting was unactionate yeah which we're trying to figure is that a way of saying it doesn't want to act towards god or is it right. a misspelling of unaffectionate right towards god right. so we're just gonna assume Answer. it's both yeah both okay so, and, and so this is a difficult question because we don't know this person personally. I mean, that's part p- plays into right. it, but, um, they've been a cr- Christian for 15 years. It seems like they feel like their spirit is weak. Their heart is weak. Um, and it feels difficult to lean into what God has called them to. I think that regardless of where you're at in your faith, I think this is, can be the feeling that people have at various times throughout their Christian life. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of if this guy's have been having this, this feeling for 15 years or for five months, it's an important question. And I think it's something yeah. that we need to answer. So definitely you want to start this out. Yeah. I think, I think one of the first things to say about this is um, if you're experiencing this, which actually a lot of people are experiencing in a lot of different ways, and we'll get at why in just a second, but one of the, there's a difference between spiritual care, mm-hmm. spiritual direction mm-hmm. and like worship and receiving teaching. Mm-hmm. So like spiritual care is like, I lost a child. I'm grieving. I just need people around me. I need support. I need somebody to bring over a ham and paper towels, mm-hmm. right? That's spiritual care. It's like just being there for people in a personal way mm-hmm. as a person who believes in and trusts in God and helping them to do so in that moment of despair, right? Mm-hmm. Worship and teaching is like you go to worship, you adore God, you worship God, you express your, and then you listen to teaching and you get taught. Mm-hmm. That's a long-term maturity building thing that builds you up slowly over time. Right. Spiritual direction is when somebody focuses on you in the present mm-hmm. It helps you figure out what's happening in your life mm-hmm. and what's happening in your life with God right now. Right. And what you right. And so a person who's feeling this way, what they require is spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that you often need. You need another person mm-hmm. who's really wise mm-hmm. and who's willing to listen mm-hmm. to help you sort things out. Yeah. Okay. Now here's why I would say that because a lot of times when people are having this problem, the way our minds deal with it is it tries to, we try to conceptualize it. Mm-hmm. which is a form of repress- repression or avoidance. Mm-hmm. We don't realize that mm-hmm. because we want something to blame for the pain mm-hmm. of this anxiety. Because essentially mm-hmm. it's, it's a kind of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, well, wait, no, this feels more like a depressive. It, that's what anxiety does when it's not, when it, it, it's not productive. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so anxiety the, turns to depression. The feeling of... The, I, I, what is Worry the, leads to resignation. Okay. So this is a di- like they're feeling distant from God. Then right. they're worried. Then they're anxious. Right. And that's kind of how that works. Right. And it's a kind of stress that flows from a kind of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you, and so anxiety at first, it feels energetic. It's kind of like, I got to do something. It's like, it's, it's it's in your head. But then what happens is, is that if you, if you don't know what to do with it, Mm -hmm. you start to get resigned about it. Like, well, I guess I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And that becomes like, has a sedentary or gloomy effect Mm -hmm. on you. Mm -hmm. The, the um, phenomenology we would call that psychologically is depression, Mm -hmm. right? You just feel worse, Right. but it's spiritually, it's gloom. It's like, there's no way forward. There's Mm -hmm. no way up. Mm -hmm. It saps your motivation right and it's it's really dangerous mm-hmm. because the productive way to deal with real doubt is to seek mm-hmm. 
But what happens is when this gets into your bones and it just, it right. wears you out and you don't want to do anything. Right. And so what you do because you're tired then is right. you begin to um, come up with reasons why laying around and just letting it overtake you is fine. Right, right, right. I mean, this isn't the only thing that does that. A lot of sins do a that. A lot of things do that, right. Yeah, right. yeah That's like, like, like our... guys are notorious for this. Like yeah. when guy men yeah. get sick, mm-hmm. oftentimes they'll just lay around and they won't do the thing necessary to get better. Yeah. And if they have a woman in their life, that woman will get in there and be like, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. They'll care for you, but then they'll like, they'll push you. Right. You got to eat. Right. You got to drink water. Right. You got to do this thing or you're right. not going to get better, right? Right. I and know. I've had that like, I've had that feeling before a lot of times. It's just kind of like, I just want to lay here. Right. It's like, no, it's you, you got to get nice. up. Yeah. I know. I When I got COVID, Andrea was like, I was like, I was basically acting like I was going to die and she just wasn't buying it. I thought, yeah. I thought I could milk that and it right. did not work yeah. she was like dude Men shut up yeah, yeah right yeah yeah because so, they've had true. menstrual cramps their whole lives yeah so for right. a lot of women a couple of days a month they're yeah. in a lot of pain yeah and they got to basically go to work like nothing's wrong right and right. so we right. get a we get like a fever and they're like i don't know what to do i'm yeah. just i feel like i'm dying and they're like i don't feel <laughs> yeah. as bad for you as you want me to right right you know? yeah, they, so anyway, yeah okay so i think it's important to recognize that i think it's also okay. important to recognize it's very hard to tell the difference between the spirit capital S mm-hmm. the Holy spirit being powerful in you yeah, and your spirit. That is your internal right. spiritual life yourself. Yeah. Meaning also your emotional life is also weak. Now in this question, I assume he means the Holy spirit since he says the spirit, right? But he, he doesn't capitalize my spirit, spirit. Right. Well, the spirit in me is so weak. Right. Right. And so, so, my, yeah. so it's really easy to think, yeah. Oh, God's spirit in me is very weak. Yeah. When it actually could be that you are emotionally weak mm-hmm. and that really bothers you. Yeah. And here's the thing. God normally mm-hmm. does not enable our weakness. He wants us to mature and grow. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. usually will not add in his. Now, people might say, well, wait a second, Nick. It sounds like you're saying God isn't strong in our weakness. No, no, no. God is strong in our human frailties, mm-hmm. in the in the positive, mm-hmm. realistic limits of human beings mm-hmm. where we end. God then stretches on beyond it. Mm-hmm. And so but when we are actually being dysfunctional, mm-hmm. We're weak because we're dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. God isn't strong in that weakness. Otherwise, that weakness just gets enabled. We become weaker, weaker, weaker. Right. We're less holy. Perpetuates a lot of sins because right. of that. And right. he can't do that. Right. right. So in our frailties, mm-hmm. he is stronger to show his presence in right. his work. But in our immaturities, yeah. he isn't an enabling. He wants right. to draw us out of it. So he right. won't be strong in that kind of weakness. Right. So if a weakness in us is a defect, mm-hmm. he doesn't fill it with his strength. Yeah. He withdraws and allows mm-hmm. us to feel the weakness of it. Right. And so a lot of people right. are feeling this now because we have created a culture in which we create really, really emotionally and spiritually weak people. Yeah. And it's not, listen, if this is your question or if like you resonate with this question, only part of the fault is yours mm-hmm. and it may not be very much of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so being able to say, okay, look, look I mean, I, I live in a culture where I've been taught to just flip through my phone and right. eat whatever I want right. and go to right. bed whenever I want and right. talk to my parents, however I feel like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm not bounded by responsibilities and structure and growing maturity and discipline. Right. You, we think if we feel our emotions more, we'll have better emotions, but we right. don't. We have weaker right. emotions and we have more erratic emotions. Right, right. Right. Yeah, because if you can't control your emotions, then they'll control you. I mean, that was the thing that I heard all the time growing up, and it was very confusing because I grew up in a society that emotions controlled everything about us. That was right. like, well, that's actually who we are. And this is this the is most authentic people are the, people are who the most emotional. Emotion. Yeah, and they all have really bad relationships with people because they're erratic in their mm-hmm. in their emotions. But I've wondered 
and their emotions aren't deep. They'll dump that person right. or abandon them exactly. the next day because right. their feeling of love is hardly deeper exactly. than right. like a, a two-inch stream. Right. Well, one of the way I say this in right. my book, Substance, is if you've ever seen like a shallow stream that right. has a, a reasonable amount of water, it'll be really frothy and the water seems like it's moving really fast. Yeah. A lot is going on, but it's not very deep. And if you mm. try to wade across it, it's fine. You can wade across right. it really easily. Right. But if you have a deeper stream and it's like four feet deep right. and there's no ripples, but it's moving at like four miles an hour, mm-hmm. but and you wade a little past your waist, mm-hmm. it'll blow you down the stream hmm. because there's so much force. It's right. cause it's a little of deeper. deeper. Yeah. And so that's what our emotional lives are like. Right. We could, we're, we think we have a lot of emotion because our emotion is right. really frothy, but mm-hmm. there's no weightiness to it. Right. right. And right. so then we express those emotions to God and receive emotion mm-hmm. from God. Mm-hmm. And our emotion is so shallow mm-hmm. that nothing's really happening. And then we go, why right. am I not deeper? It's cause mm-hmm. it's because we're not deeper. Yeah. Well, I think one of the main, main signs of a, of a non-Christian or just one of the main truths of non-believers is that they're highly emotional and on their emotions are unregulated. So there's all these emotions, like you're saying, and they're not regulated. And part of sanctification is God just putting those emotions in their proper place for us to feel properly in accordance with whatever situation that we're in. Yeah. I I would change the word non-believer to just Immature, immature people, yeah. right? So well, you could have right. believers, yeah, Christian believers, yeah. that are immature, and their right. emotions will be frothy. Or right. you can have unbelievers, right. Right. right? The difference is, is that Christian faith will give you resources to right. move you towards maturity in right. a more holistic way, right? And, and yeah, and, and you can grow in emotional maturity, yeah. without believing in Jesus, right? If right. you understand what humanity really right. is and how we really grow, yeah, yeah, you, you can, can use non-Christian means right. to grow deeper in your right. maturity. But to the, to the absolute depth of, of what emotion is for is to like worship and glorify God. You won't ever get there. I, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't. Well, because worshiping and glorifying God will help deepen and strengthen your emotion. Right. And if you're not right. engaging in worship, you're not getting right. that benefit. Yeah. That's right. one of the benefits. Right. Right. Okay. So, okay. So you just discussed, um, what was it? Two or three, what was it? The two ways of. You just, I don't know what, I don't know where it is in here. You just said it. I can't remember. Yeah. I, th- I think the first thing I wanted to make clear was that um, a lot of this, it, this is an emotional process. Yeah. It's not really a factual question. It's like, yeah. what, what's wrong yeah. with it? Like, right. this is like a, I'm unhappy with the emotional mm-hmm. process of this mm-hmm. thing. But what happens is our mind turns it into a, an apologetics question. Mm-hmm. The, and we think, oh, this is a fact problem. Or I don't understand something. Maybe God's not there. Maybe my faith is wrong. Right. Most people who are asking this question don't know the first thing about their faith. Right. They think they know something. They know almost nothing, which is Mm -hmm. not also, again, not their fault, Mm -hmm. right? It's maybe partially, they might not be that inquisitive, but these, these truths can be relatively deep. And because our culture has forgotten even the basics, Mm -hmm. we don't even have the basics to build on. In fact, our culture tells us the Mm -hmm. opposite of Mm -hmm. what we're like is true. And so we are so confused that putting even the most basic knowledge together, like what's an emotion, right? Right. How do emotions grow? How do they function in a human person? We, we actually don't just not believe anything. Mm -hmm. We actually believe the opposite of the truth. And so we're so confused. It's really hard to get anywhere. Yeah. When I first read this question, I started to think of what it was like growing up in the modern Christian culture and going to youth events and big, huge youth events where it's like the expectation is to have some sort of emotional breakthrough that will, you know, come to come to God thing. And it's Mm -hmm. like that was every year, year after year after year after year. By the time I hit middle school, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Like I, I I do this today. And then in a week, I watch I'm watching porn and jacking off again, and mm-hmm. that's what that was what happened every time. But I was supposed to experience no the spiritual growth and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then so I can I understand where this person is coming from, and I think what what ultimately happened is as far if he's talking about the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit or his relationship with the Holy Spirit or mm-hmm. and anything like that, 
I just had, I, I needed to learn about who the Holy Spirit is, who I am, what my relationship to the, the Holy Spirit is. And that takes a lot of uh, like theologizing. You have to really dig into what the Bible says about that because yeah. you, the, I just, as far as I'm aware. To push against the sin of sexual addiction, right. having a little frothy creek of it's, it's, emotion yeah. is just not going to push it's, that stone. It's, and absolutely not. And as far as I could tell, most churches that I went to growing up, and we went to a couple of different ones, mm-hmm. are not interested in trying to answer this type of question. Mm-hmm. They just, they're just like, if you're not feel like that, maybe you're not a Christian or like their answers are all over the place, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not, they weren't yeah, sufficient. Even, evangelicals in, I think in particular, got away from mm-hmm. the, like the ancient concepts of the pursuit of human virtue in ways Roman Catholicism didn't. And, yeah. and so that that arguably confused mm. Roman Catholicism's mm. doctrine of grace, but it also, for evangelicals, it confused our understanding of human development. Yeah. Because we were just like, well, if you believe in Jesus, you're saved and you're going mm. to heaven, right. which is true. Right. That's really good, but mm-hmm. we don't think mm-hmm. developmentally. And so yeah. by the time we start thinking about sanctification, mm-hmm. we don't even know what a human being is. And this is difficult. And then we don't know how to even right. think about how emotion would change. Because right. growing up in the evangelical church, I began, I began, I began to hate works. I, it was like, I heard so many times in my life, Faith is about, or justification is through faith. This is about faith and grace. Works, it's not about works. It's not about works. It's not about works. And I was like, well, I hate everybody I know. I'm addicted to sexual sin. And like, I'm a terrible, terrible person inside. And I feel like if I, I thought maybe if I put some work towards this, I could get it maybe sorted out. But then I'd hear at church, no, no, no. Do not put work towards things because God has already done a good work in you. And it was like, well, okay, then I guess I'm just going to be like a terrible Christian the rest of my life. That's, and I think that's what a lot of young yeah. people feel like, because it's like, if I put work into this, maybe God will be angry at me because he'll, yeah. he'll think <clears throat> that I don't believe that faith is sufficient for salvation. And that's, yeah. that's a, just a bad theology at the end yeah. of the day, right? Yeah, one of the things I wrote that we might get to here later is one of the things that causes this kind of experience in Christian faith is just different versions of bad religion. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's so many versions of bad religion out there in Christian faith. And if you believe those, then you think you're like, you're going to make progress and it's actually going to be worse. Right. And your faith is going to make you feel 10 times worse. And at some point you're probably going to like become demoralized and people just end up leaving the church because of that. And it's like, right, right. That you do, you're not leaving Christianity. You're leaving a really, really poor version of Christian, I, not of Christian. Because right, if you do what that, there's, yeah. there's a preacher up there and he's telling you right. what to do because you don't know the yeah. whole Bible, right? right. And so, and, and so you're like, okay, you're telling me to do this. Mm-hmm. I believe you. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do it. Right. It is not working. Right. It's not working. Yeah. And I think I'm doing what you're telling me to do and right. it's not working. I know. After yeah. a while, you're kind of like, either there's something wrong with me. Right. Or these people are all pretending right. this works right. and it doesn't. And when you get to know the people, a lot of them, it's not working for yeah. them. Yeah. And then you realize, well, and then they're, they're delusional because pers- they think it's working for them. Right. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. like, I've grown so much. And you're like, uh, you're like, you clearly hate yeah. your wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you and, talking? and like your kids, and right. you resent your right. life you, that you have to right. go to work. And right. you, you, you're oh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You just That's, think you can be self justified in all right. of it. And so that makes you feel and kind of And you keep playing pretend, but in five years, we won't see you around church. I mean, that's what, that's yeah. how that. Yeah. So like one of the books I've started giving away again, I just gave it to somebody one to me today mm-hmm. is a book by Philip Carey called good news for anxious Christians. Okay. And I give it especially to people who have bought into like really screwed up versions of Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's just like, look, let me just set you free from this mm-hmm. because, um, and a lot of it is false mysticism. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I have to hear God's voice in my heart. If I'm making a decision, I need to pray and hear God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, I should like, um, 
I need to follow my internal impressions. Like if I have any kind of like moral internal impression, mm-hmm. I should follow it because that's probably the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Bible isn't saying those things, right. and that's not part of really part of Christian right. faith. Actually, now, sometimes it happens. Right. The Bible. I mean, when the Bible talks about the heart, or like it's the heart is deceitful. Who can know it? Like it's it's not yeah. it's not a very positive thing said about your emotions and where they go in your heart and right. what's leading you. And the idea that your intuitions are from the Holy Spirit right. is, is actually. Is not, I mean, you have more places intuitions can come from. Yeah. So you would have to discern right. if you think an intuition is from the spirit. So I think that that false right. mysticism will do it. And there's lots of versions of that. Yeah. So if, if a person like this asking a question is like, why is the spirit in me so weak? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're trying to hear God's voice in your heart and follow your impressions and mm-hmm. you're and you're working within that paradigm of false mysticism, mm-hmm. also what ends up happening is that's the way you're trying to increase your faith. Because if God responds to these things, mm-hmm. then you'll feel like God is with you. You'll feel like God is revealing himself. Mm-hmm. Right. And God usually won't do that because that's actually going to lead you further into immaturity. Right. Mm-hmm. You're trying to obey God in what he never said to. You're being immature rather than taking responsibility for your life. You want God to make all your decisions instead mm-hmm. of making your own decisions mm-hmm. like he wants you to. Mm-hmm. And so he's not going to play that mystical game right. with you. And he right. never says in the Bible he wants to. Right. right? And so then right. you keep pushing. You're like, well, I should be hearing God's voice or God should be giving me a sign. Right. No, no, the Bible says God's not going to give you a sign yeah. and that you shouldn't put the Lord your God to the test and right. that signs are abnormal. And yeah. sometimes God meets people in them, right. but it's a sign of spiritual weakness, not of spiritual strength. And it usually mm-hmm. doesn't make that person's faith any better. Right. Jesus shows signs to the Pharisees and people like that. And then they intentionally willfully mm-hmm. disbelieve him mm-hmm. and say that the sign is from the devil. Mm-hmm. Like signs don't work. Right. I mean, this, this, this begs a deeper question that maybe we can get into, but that, that I've been wondering lately is, and I think the person who asked this question might be wondering this then. Okay. Well then how, how do I know? what is from the Holy Spirit and what isn't from the Spirit? And how, how do I, how can I differentiate between those two things? Cause my, cause a lot of people who grew up in, in evangelicalism or charismatic churches are like that, the idea that somebody would tell you that that's not what God told you because it cannot be verified in scripture. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're a heretic. If you say that, you know, like that's a be- the worst thing you could possibly say. But in some ways you're saying, yeah, I, like that's really not what God told you in a lot of ways. Like, like yeah. the thing that you think that God told you that it can't be verified through Scripture, yeah, is most likely not the thing that God explicitly told you. Yeah, I'm a lot more careful to say if somebody says, "Look, I just I feel like I'm going to do this instead of that," and I feel like God's leading me in that direction. Like if somebody says, "Look, I'm doing this sermon and I just felt led to preach on Psalm 118 rather than." John. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, whatever. Right. Right. Cause whether that's, that's you fine. or the Holy spirit, it doesn't matter. They're yeah, both scriptures, whatever. Yeah. What I am going to say is if somebody behaves as though, whenever there's a decision to be made, they ask the Holy spirit. Yeah. I'd be like, that's not how that works. Right. You are a steward. Yeah. The Holy spirit is making you into a mature adult. Right. Right. And you're supposed right. to act on behalf of God right. because you have, right. um, you have, uh, in Rome, the words of Romans 12, right. you've offered your body as worship. You've right. died to the false self. Right. So he, Christ can remake you in his inner yeah. living life. You're becoming unconformed to this world, mm-hmm. transformed by the renewing of your mind. You mm-hmm. know what God's good, pleasing and perfect will is. So now you can do it and you yeah. do in humility and in stewardship. Well, and that, that's what you're supposed to do. The way to do that is look at the, look at, and you could say, well, somebody might say, well, then what, what are those things? What are those virtues that I need to practice? It's like mm-hmm. the, the fruit of the, the spirit is right. the great, good place to start. And if you, I, I generally think if you can master those, you'll be able to make the best decisions out of everybody. People will be asking you right. to make their decisions because right. that's just how that, I feel like that's Wisdom how is how what's works. honored. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And knowing right, the mind right, of God. Right, the reason right. God has spoken and shown himself in Jesus Christ and in the yeah. scriptures is so we can know his mind. Not yeah. maximally or entirely, but like right. morally, structurally, and based on what right. his will for us is. Right. And so we right. don't, yeah, see, part of the issue is, is that we don't want to know the sort of thing we should do. Right. We want God to tell us the exact thing we should do yeah. so our life can go well, so that we can perform okay. And that is not what right. he does. Right. He, it yeah. says like, he's like, he's mm. like, 
go do good works, mm -hmm. go love people. Mm -hmm. And God in his providence has planned good works for us to do beforehand. So right. you don't realize right. exactly how he's shaping mm -hmm. you into the perfect tool. Yeah. And you don't know what he's working out that you're going to do. Right. All you, but all you have to do is become the sort of person you must be mm -hmm. grow in holiness and do what you think is right. Mm -hmm. And that he would approve of. Right. And then he works out both how he's shaping you right. and the laying out of providence right. that you walk through. Right. And that's how you work together with God, not saying, okay, God, I have to make decision A. Right. What do I do? I have to, now I have to make right. decision B. What do I do? Yeah. And that, that's abdicating yeah. your responsibility. It that's seems like wants. in scripture that, that the will of God or however that God is working out in your life is just so, it's absolutely mysterious because when you read through Job, like I'm reading through Job right now and Job was like the most righteous man in the, in the East. Like mm -hmm. nobody was more righteous than Job. He and God is just like, all right, Satan, do what you want, and just takes everything from him, and kills. And it wasn't because Job was like weak in the spirit. It was he wasn't. Mm -hmm. He was the strongest out of everybody, and yet God worked out a different plan for him. And so, a good there's usually people. Sometimes I hear people say like, well, if things are going poorly in your life, then that's probably because you're not doing what God wants you to do. And I also think that's just a bunch mm -hmm. of trash. I mean, actually, if you're doing what God wants you to do things will probably go poorly because people won't like you because right. they didn't like Jesus. And then Jesus told us that that's how that's going to work. Yeah. And so. if you have wisdom, you can discern the difference between the two. Usually yeah, if you sit yeah. down with somebody and they tell you what's going on in their life, you can be like, Oh, this is because of foolishness. Yeah. Or right. at least in big part right. and in lack of maturity, or you can say, Oh, mm. this is, this is what happens when you do something right. this good. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But okay. So to get back to our question, yeah, how this person feels, I think the question of bad religion will do this to you. Mm -hmm. And so Christianity isn't a bad religion, mm -hmm. but there are some really bad ways to think you're believing in Christ or in mm -hmm. Christian faith or the gospel mm -hmm. that will make you so much worse off psychologically mm -hmm. and spiritually. Mm -hmm. And so what one of them is It'll false. make you hate God. And right. It'll, it'll make, yeah. Right. Cause it won't work. Yeah. And so you have all this anxiety mm -hmm. and at first the anxiety will push you to be like more energetic. Mm -hmm. And so you might for 15 years try to like, mm -hmm be stronger right. and like adore God right. and, and like, it just gets you nowhere. Right. And it could just be you're caught in one of these things. Right. And so like, let me, let me read a couple of these for you. Yeah. So one is false mysticism. What we just explained. Yeah. One is a performance gospel. Mm -hmm. I obey yeah, so God right. should respond to me. Right. right. The therapeutic gospel. I need care. God should make my life easier and take care of me if yeah. he's a good parent. Right. Right. Um, and then you'll think God should do things. You'll be like, well, why God doesn't love me. He doesn't do these things. And it's, God's like, that's not how God operates. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> um, the romantic gospel Mm -hmm. That is liberty is freedom to do my desires um, and to be unlimited mm -hmm. and to have no responsibilities. I don't continually choose. Right. Right. That idea that like you're being put upon yeah. if you have responsibilities yeah. and now you can't get out of them or like just right. as a human being, you have responsibilities right. that you need to embrace. People right. feel like that's wrong somehow. Right. Because if you find yourself in a situation where your wife tells you to get a job and you say, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. You're in the wrong situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just, I, I've never heard anybody do that, but that just came to my head. I'm like, yeah, that, there's people who, especially young men who like aren't working at my age, who yeah. aren't working, don't, they don't care about getting a job. And it's like, well, God doesn't want me to work. God will provide for me. Right. And it's like, no, he'll provide for you to have the means to provide for your family. I and mean, that's right. what that means. And it turns yeah. out it's in, it, if like, if you're believing a romantic gospel, like God wants to set me free. Yeah. God wants me to be free. God wants right. me to like be able to choose. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not really how it works. Actually, right. the way you find meaning, yeah. which is then the deep emotion mm -hmm. that makes you feel like your spirit is strengthening mm -hmm. is when you accept the responsibilities you didn't choose or that you've already chosen that you now have today right. and you do them with all your might and mm -hmm. you don't have a choice mm -hmm. on, if you want to be like God's man right. or God's woman and you, you go and do them. And in that unchosen obedience is where you find meaning. Like mm -hmm. you decide to be a God's follower. You decide to right. 
be his steward, you decide to. Right. Well, so, the scary thing about all those that you just mentioned is that they all are, they all can in some ways be true. Yes. Like God does operate There's in those ways in, in certain, them. yeah. And that's Absolutely. how Satan works. I mean, like, it seems like this is a very, these are all very convenient ways for Satan to get people wildly off track as to what the, the gospel is and right. what the Bible is And the for. more intellectually immature you are, the more you'll just grab onto one idea right. and push it to its extremes until it's a monstrosity and, and then, isn't true anymore. And that's what a lot of people do. They're, they'll like, say, they're like, ooh, I really like that yes, about Christianity. Yeah. And then they'll like, they'll take this concept of Christian liberty. Yeah. And they'll be like, well, why don't I just like get tattoos and drink and smoke and blah, blah, blah. And right. you're like, that's not really right. what God set you yeah. free to do right. though. You just want to sin. Then right, you're just not being any different than before you had this yeah, idea. Yeah, you're, you're not. You yeah. didn't read First Corinthians six that said yeah. everything is permissible. Right. But what's beneficial? Everything right. is permissible. What, what's going to get a hold of you? Right. If you use your freedom right. to give yourself to something that will enslave you, yeah. that's right. a pretty idiotic right. way to use freedom. Right. 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 So okay, then there's like I also included the selfless gospel. I think this is important, especially for people who came through like fundamentalism and some forms of evangelicalism, which yeah. is Jesus wants us to die to ourselves. He wants us to be selfless. Mm -hmm. And we had, there's an equivocation fallacy between being a self-centered false self that mm -hmm. puts under people, other people under your feet with no humility as if it's a form of arrogance. Mm -hmm. That self has to die mm -hmm. that, but that's really the word Luke uses in like Luke nine is the word self or soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it, what it means is, is a sinful false, not submitted to God. Mm -hmm. It's the false self. It's not mm -hmm. just the self. Mm -hmm. And then what they forget is that God actually wants to make a self out of you. Like mm -hmm. he wants you to form as a person. He wants you to experience his abundant life and to grow in mm -hmm. godliness and mm -hmm. to be perfect in Christ. That is fully formed mm -hmm. into maturity. Mm -hmm. And like this idea that like all of us who are mature or see maturity should pursue these things. Like there's all this thrusting in the gospel. Like, no, you need to become a self. Mm -hmm. Like that is an individualized person who knows who you are. Mm -hmm. You can trust your own feelings and emotions to the sense in which they've been formed into maturity mm -hmm. and you become a more solid and whole mm -hmm. person who is different from God, but who belongs to God. Mm -hmm. You're a, you're a different right. self, right. but that you are one with him, which is kind of our doctrine of the Trinity, <laughs> a fully yeah. differentiated selves, right. persons in God who they is belong to one being. Yeah. Right. That's confusing. Yeah. And yeah. so like, it's easy. Like if some fundamentalist churches, it's kind of like, well, no, you've got to like, be selfless, right. which means mm -hmm. you can't have opinions. You right, can't trust right, your own emotions. Right, Other right. people can abuse you. And you can't right, say this is right. abuse. Pastor says so. And right. he knows. That's so, it. And if you're yeah, a woman, right. your views are just all your husband's right, views. Right. Well, right. that's, Right. That's an interesting form of submission, and maybe that right. makes your house function efficiently, right. but that woman doesn't become right. herself. She doesn't work right. through the ideas. She doesn't right. work through the emotions herself. Right. Right. She's she's like putting off, she's like outsourcing right. the formation of the self. In right. some ways, sanctification or growth and holiness is right. the formation of the true self. Right. Right. I, I guess we don't have to get into this. We should do a podcast on then what does that mean for the husband to be the head of the wife? Like as sure. Christ is the head, of the head of the husband, because I think the fundamentalists are clearly doing something wrong, right. but also getting rid of that completely. They're trying uh, to take something seriously right? and not and just it, wave their hand at it. Yeah, because it feels right. like sometimes a wife in becoming the true self can start to neglect her husband right. in well, ways okay. that are not biblical. So a good either. short answer to this right. is if you go to Ephesians five, where it talks about wives submitting to their husbands, yeah. it says to the husband, love your wife, like Christ loved the church. Yeah. And then it makes very specific the way Christ loves the church right. is he gives himself up for her. Right. Yeah. And so people, so people say, okay, so the husband's supposed to give up their lives for the wife. Okay. But specifically it says for her washing and sanctification so that she could be a perfect and spotless bride. Yeah. So the way husbands okay. are supposed to give themselves for their wives is not for her to be able to afford a new couch and a really new car. Right. It is so that she can become 
the greatest, most godly, most Christ-oriented version of herself as right. a true self in Christ. Right. So the husband should be in, should mm-hmm. not be squashing her differentiation as a different person, yeah. but actually enhancing her capacity right. to be an individual person. Right. Because when she's... Who, right. And then she, it says, it says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Yeah. You don't make her submit. Right. As she becomes a self willing right. to acknowledge right. your authority, right. then she decides to right. submit herself in the right kind of way. Because she properly understands who she is in relationship right. to God and in and submission she, to God, therefore in submission to and her husband. And she can tell yeah. your for her because right. she's you're for right. her formation of a, of right. a true self in God yeah. in godliness right and because she she's a hundred percent certain that you're for yeah. her yeah she can be for you and when you have and she can know that when maybe when you have the temptation to say okay you you just need to submit that you don't do that for the greater good of her learn, learning how to do that on her right. own and some or not, I mean that's right and the like, end goal is, the end goal is sanctification but part of that for women is learning to submit and part of that for men is learning how to not destroy their wife in the pursuit of the their them trying to get their wives to submit to them. I mean that mm-hmm. those two things I think can be true. Yeah, I mean all of us have to learn to submit and all of us have to learn to bear responsibility. Right. The hierarchical structures in the family are ordered right. in that way, but right. yeah, I yeah, I mean that's that's something we all have to do. And that that's right. rooted in us growing in the self. So when right. we think about questions like this, well, yeah. why is the spirit move weak? Why do I feel unaffected? What's happening in me emotionally? What are the emotional processes that are happening? Mm-hmm. One of them is if you take these things in Christian faith mm-hmm. and you are intuitively applying them in ways you think are good, mm-hmm. but they're actually not mm-hmm. good Christian spirituality, mm-hmm. what they will produce in you is very, very negative spiritual res- results. And they will keep you from maturing mm-hmm. that will produce anxiety in you because it's not working. Mm-hmm. Anxiety starts out producing more energy. Mm-hmm. So you might get anxious and trying to follow God in mm-hmm. lots of different erratic ways. Mm-hmm. But then when it doesn't work, that anxiety turns to depression. Mm-hmm. The the excitement turns to gloom. Mm-hmm. Your frenetic, unproductive energy mm-hmm. starts to get weakened. Mm-hmm. And then you start to feel like this. You start to feel flatlined emotionally. Right. You start to feel emotionally distant. Mm-hmm. You start to feel really hurt by God. Right. So if I'm listening to this and, and this is me who sent this question in mm-hmm. uh, and I hear this, I'm like, okay, it sounds like there's like 50 different ways that this can all go off track. And like, mm-hmm. they all are very tempting. Like they, they're all... So what do I do? And I'm not as smart as Nick. I don't know all these things about psychology and theology and this and that and philosophy. Yeah. So what what do I do? What are some ways for people who are stuck in this situation to be like, to get out of it without yeah. having to, well, okay. I guess, no, it might just take reading a lot of books and figuring crap out. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's, I mean, that can be a good route if, yeah. but like, you know, something like, I don't know, a percentage of people just haven't read a book in 10 years. I, I mean, know and that's well, not, a, that's not a great sign, but no, I, I don't want to give that as the only, right. Because part of the thing is if you give somebody, right. Like if, if I said, listen, I want to get in shape and somebody said, okay, just start by running 12 miles a day. I'd be like, okay, there's gotta be a workup, yeah. you know? And so part of it is like, what's the workup? Yeah, right. If I feel like, oh crap, maybe I am really frothy and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, how do I, right. So the, the first thing I would do is I would say is, okay, one, you need to get the negative weight off of you. Mm-hmm. Right. So in Mark's gospel in the parable of the sower, it says of the third seed mm-hmm. that there's, there's these plants that are growing and it says, but thorns and thistles and stuff have grown up. Weeds grow up around it yeah, and, and they choke, choke it. it. Yeah. Right. And Jesus says, those are um, the worries and stresses of this life mm-hmm. and our desire for other things. Mm-hmm. So it's good things that interest us that aren't really that important. Mm-hmm. Right. So that goes to seek first his kingdom and everything else will be added unto mm-hmm. you. Right. In in uh, Matthew six, which so, in our society, one of the main ones is money. I mean, in every society, that's, that's true. Yeah. Money and honor. Right. 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 And so 
Um, so we're going to be pursuing these idols of like uh, affirmation, mm -hmm. control, power, and comfort, right? Mm -hmm. And money helps us get all those things. Right. And though, so the, just the pursuit of other things, mm -hmm. you're probably distracted mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you think that you're quote trying, mm -hmm. but you're trying less and less, mm -hmm. right? This other thing is just, it's worry and the negativity. Mm -hmm. Part of the, the issue is, is that most of us are just so controlled by the marketing algorithms and the mm -hmm. technologies that we use that we just don't even know how much we're dragged around by our noses. Yeah. Because yeah. part of what happens is when our emotions are frothy, they're, they're turbulent, but shallow. Mm -hmm. They're very easy, not just to manipulate, but to incept. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that like social media is trying to manipulate your emotions. Mm -hmm. It's manipulating them by creating an inception. It is telling you what to desire. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how can they tell me what to desire? Inception is right. way harder than that. It's right. not harder than that. No. Rene Girard was right. Most human behavior and impulse is mimetic. That is, it is an imitation. You're mimicking mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. That's the whole getting, that's the whole like keeping up with the Joneses mm -hmm. or like showing a sexy yeah. woman driving a cool car and you right. go, oh, crap, I want that car. Right. It's getting into that mimetic nature right. of the human mind. So if my neighbor gets a nice shiny truck, I see that nice shiny truck and I go, crap, I want a nice shiny truck. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so all that, it's right. so easy for it, them, people to incept right. desires in you. Right. And if you live in a romantic culture where right. the ethic is, if you're an authentic person and a good person, you do whatever you desire. Mm -hmm. Once they've incepted the desire, you you're, ethically feel bound to do the desire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you are being totally controlled. So the, right. what I say is you need to shut that crap off. Yeah. All the social media, all the news, right. everything with advertisements, basically all of it. Right. You need to flipping, get rid of everything that glitters, shines, flickers, mm -hmm. sends notifications, everything. Just so everybody knows, Nick just screwed us all out of getting any sponsorships on this podcast. Yeah. He's well, an advertisement. Well, no, I, I would I'm say kidding. if you're in this place. Yeah. Yeah. If no, you're no, in a no. place where uh, your yes, spiritual anxiety yeah. has turned right. into Especially. Dep depression right. and gloom. So if you're under you're 30, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it doesn't have to be that long. You right. could get to the point where you're strong enough to have some of this stuff operating in your life. Yeah, right. But, um, but, like, but in some ways at that point, it feels like you might not even want it. Like, yes. like being free from that stuff for long enough actually in getting rid of all of the anxiety and f fears and worries is like that actually feels nice mm -hmm. and even then when you get back on instagram right. and you're like oh, i can handle this now and then you get back on it and then you start to feel it come back in again it's yeah. like i don't know it's like not watching porn for 20 years and then getting like, like seeing like a like not like a sports illustrated swimsuit magazine yeah. and you're like okay that's not technically porn but like why would I have this around me? You know, like, let's just mm -hmm. get rid of it because, and I, that, that's what I've just said for, especially for younger people. I just think they should get off Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, get off mm -hmm. all social media and try it for longer than like two or three days, like deactivate oh, yeah. your account, get rid of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be more yeah. than a week and usually more right. like a month. Right. Yeah. So th there's a pretty good prescription for this in the book, um, digital minimalism. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about it at high point or we'll probably do some podcasts on it when we get closer to it, yeah. but get it. So what you want to be, I think eventually is to digital intentionalism, but it starts with digital minimalism mm -hmm. and then digital essentialism mm -hmm. and then digital intentionalism. Mm -hmm. And so I, for a lot of these folks, they really need to shut it all down. Mm -hmm. And if they'll do that, that is a really great first step. I would also then say, um, you need to do some stuff that treats your body like you're a human person. Mm -hmm. So you need to start going to bed earlier mm -hmm. by, by 10 ish. Cause remember every, every hour of sleep before 10 is worth mm -hmm. two hours versus, or I'm sorry, every hour of sleep before midnight is worth two hours. Oh, before midnight. Before midnight yeah. Say, yeah. And so the more hours of sleep, hours, mm -hmm. so right. So you, if you, especially if you can go to bed when it gets dark mm -hmm. and wake up when it gets light, Mm -hmm. That's really good for you, especially in like the summer, like now, yeah. if you can go to bed 
even if you go to bed at nine and you get up at four or five, you will feel better. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I would say, listen, not for, immediately. It'll, it might take a week or two yeah. to set in, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but you'll feel more energetic. And then yeah. also like one of the things I've done is I've just radically changed my diet. Mm-hmm. I've just gotten as much sugar and carbs out of my diet as mm-hmm. I possibly could. Right. And one of the things that allows me to do that I couldn't do before is fast. Mm-hmm. And so just this kind of like this like detoxing of the stuff that controls our sensuality, mm-hmm. because part of the, the algorithms is to make you as sensual a person as they possibly can. They want you reactive, mm-hmm. neurological, knee jerking. Mm-hmm. And you can't get more shallow than that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's literally reducing you. So like this goes back to like Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. and Pinocchio, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the it's the drinking yeah. the beer and turning into a donkey. Yeah, right. They right. make an ass out of you. Right. You right. literally are so centralized. Right. You're not human anymore. Right. Really. You right. are a human being and you mm-hmm. deserve dignity because you bear yeah. the image of God. But you don't. But you, add, you don't. You forfeited your humanity. Right. You've given away right. the things that make you human. Right. Your depth and your maturity and your right. capacities. Right. Yeah. So, so what I say is first, you get, just get free of all that crap, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And start to build. Um. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is what you give your attention to. Mm-hmm. What do you pay attention to? Mm-hmm. Right. And then I would say you need to just go back to things like the Bible yeah. or Christian relationships mm-hmm. or content that's like long form Mm -hmm. a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. has clear application you might not understand all of it but then pause it figure out what it means right slow down yeah things like journaling yeah which is it which is a quiet this is all an act of humility too because i remember when i was first i got to the point where i was just so sick and tired of struggling with sexual sin like every night same time Mm -hmm. same thing every time and i was like okay here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put my phone out here and then i'm going to get a book and I'm going to, well, I'm first, I'm going to read my Bible then I'm going to find a sermon series on whatever I'm reading. I'm going to listen to an entire sermon by Matt Chandler or John Piper, or whoever. I don't, mm-hmm. it didn't really matter at that point. I'm going to listen to the entire thing in my headphones. When I'm done with that, I'm going to read until I fall asleep. And because I was up so late most nights, that usually was till like 2 AM. Mm-hmm. And so I would be reading for like three and a half, four hours. Mm-hmm. And I, when I first started reading, I was like, it took me forever to get through stuff. And it was, it was just like, I'd stop, figure out what this thing meant, start again. You just read a paragraph. You're like, right. I, didn't I was like, I don't know what I paragraph. just read. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. I did that. And I did that for, I've been doing that for like two and a half, three years now. And mm-hmm. well, I, I don't, I don't sleep until I don't stay up until 2 AM, but I will read every day and mm-hmm. I'll, and I understand what I'm reading. Like it took about, like you can learn quicker than you think. Like it took yeah. about, Two, a month or two before I felt like I could pick up most of the books that I was buying mm-hmm. and not have to like look up every other word. It would yeah. be like maybe five or six times a book. I'd have to look up a word and figure out how that yeah. works. But, but I think we sell ourselves short as to what we can, we can do even intellectually. And then, you know, and then I'd fall asleep and I'd be like, I'm going to fall asleep in this chair reading this book because I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not right. going to just be a slave to and my It's book. wholesome. Yeah. Like you, like it's, it's hard to do. But yeah. it feels wholesome. It's like that was healthy. Like it was right. good. Yeah, it felt great. Yeah. You don't feel like a scummy piece of crap every day yeah. when you wake up. Because and after, that's... after a little while, you feel like you're growing and that's right. exhilarating, right? right? Like I remember when I first, right. so it took me about about three months. Mm-hmm. And But I remember the first book I read was by this Christian apologist. And this this person was known for using pretty highfalutin words. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I mean, the first book I read right. by this guy, I had a Webster's, this is like in 1994, yeah. No, no, this is 1997, let's say six. And I, so I literally had a Webster's dictionary, like hard copy, a legal pad and the book. 
and I would write down the words I didn't know. Yeah. I would handwrite out their definitions. Yeah. And then I would write down quotes that I thought were good quotes. Yeah. Some of which I still know today. Right. And I would memorize the quotes and I would I would read the words definitions over. Right. And then by the time I was halfway through the book, right. I, I learned the words. Right. And then right. I, you know, four or five more of those kind of books. And I'm like, I basically had a grasp on the vocabulary yeah. what it meant. Right. And I was picking up the sentence structure and right. I was holding thoughts in my mind yeah. for multiple clauses. Right. And I was able to concentrate for more right. pages. Right. And man, I was starting to make real progress. Well, and here's the thing too. One of the, the commitments I made was you if you start a book, you have to finish it, even if you don't like it. Yeah. I always, For a while, you have to do that. Yeah, yeah. I always just was like, I'll read three chapters. I'm not interested anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you don't get that option anymore. You, right. you, like you have to. So I, for the first year, I read through like five or six books straight through them. Yeah. And there, some of them were thick, bigger books. And I was... I was like, this is actually really great to actually finish a book because now yeah. I know what this person thinks about this. And you know, the first book I did was Ben Shapiro's The Right Side of History. Yeah. And it was, I mean, that one's not as heady and intellectual as yeah. some of them. But but yeah, reading I, some kind of historical well, survey like that yeah. early on, I think is really Look, good. that was one of the only books in my life that has made me cry at the end. And it was Ben Shapiro. So yeah. make that work in your head. Well, folks. yeah. I mean, some of those books makes it, like yeah. help you make sense of history. And you're like, crap, yeah. I've been manipulated my I know, whole life. I know. And this it, is the end stupid. of it, he talked about how like this is the why this is important is because you can pass this on to your children. Mm-hmm. And he talked about his own kids. And I, I was just yeah. bawling my eyes out by the end of it because I was like, holy crap, I've been wasting my life. I And this conservative Jewish guy just <laughs> explained it all, you know? So yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think that, yeah. that that's something that people are just going to need to, you kind of just have to decide that you want to do it though. You yeah, can't, it's an it, emotional process. Yeah. And I think that's so important for people and people need to realize that we're human beings and human beings can be so, so many different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. We're very malleable, mm-hmm. but we're not malleable in really short periods of time. We're malleable over longer periods of time. Yeah. So yeah. there's nothing I, I said to, at a prayer meeting tonight, there's no, nothing so productive as plotting. Mm-hmm. Right. Like praying seven minutes a day for a month is way more productive than praying a couple hours, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Cause it's like, yeah. I mean, something new is going to be on your mind every day. Right. There's the different right. things. That I do these things because your... I believe in them. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. know what the end will be, but I believe in these things. Right. And these are the things that are shaping me right. into the kind of person I want to be. Right. And so I, I think that that's, and I think people who are in this place, they, like they, they just feel mm-hmm. hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, they need some hope, mm-hmm. but they, what they need to realize is that here's the hope. Mm-hmm. What you've been taught you are is so inhuman mm-hmm. that 46% of people under 35 feel that most days they ha- they're too stressed to function mm-hmm. and almost everybody else is somewhere along that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it's because we're living so inhumanly mm-hmm. that we can't operate Right. And you're feeling this and you think, oh, there's something wrong with Christianity. Mm-hmm. No, there's something wrong with worldliness. The, the culture that we live in, the worldliness that we live in mm-hmm. is so inhuman that you literally can't function. Right. And a lot of that worldliness has made its way into the church mm-hmm. and slipped into your theologies mm-hmm. and created these monstrosities of bad religion. Mm-hmm. And so you come into the church and the church has tried to be protective. And as it's been protective, it's incorporated some of this nonsense from romantic worldliness yeah. and so on. And now you you're, you move, try to move away from worldliness and you're believing a worldly bad religion. Yeah. And that's making that's it even worse crazy. because now you feel like yeah. the authority of God is behind it. <laughs> The authority yeah. of culture is pretty strong, but the mm-hmm. authority of God is pretty bad too, right? Yeah. And now you feel like culture has failed you and the church has failed you, mm-hmm. and you feel really discouraged. And here's what I have yeah. to tell you is 
Yes, but there is a Christianity that stood for 2,000 years right. that treats human beings as human beings, mm-hmm. as formative creatures mm-hmm. who can fail but can be moving in the right and failing in the right direction is what I say at high point, right? Mm-hmm. And you can get on that track. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, But it's an emotional process. You have to start with saying your mind's going to be going in circles about this. Yeah. And when it does, what you need to do is recognize the emotional process almost like a weather pattern mm-hmm. is the way Steve Cuss says it in his book, Le- Le- Managing Leadership Anxiety. Mm-hmm. He's like, anxiety is like a weather pattern. Mm-hmm. You have to notice it. And once you notice, you right. can be like, oh, this isn't like right. my rational thoughts. Yeah. This is my fears. Yeah. Well, the one worry. years ago, there was a one sermon that you had done. You were doing going through Ephesians and it was at a time where when you first become a Christian, everybody wants to figure out whether they're a Calvinist or Arminian. And I think that's ridiculous. We don't even, when you're first a Christian, you should be trying to figure other things out. But yeah. that seemed like something far off to me. But I remember being like. Or, or I feel like Satan always just tries to attack new believers with some something more complex than they'll ever be able to figure out at that point. And mm-hmm. I, and you had talked about in Ephesians when Paul says our, our uh, that something about the flaming arrows. Oh, what does that say? It's in Ephesians uh, six that the, the the shield of faith, the shield of faith extinguishes the flaming extinguishes the flaming arrows. But you mentioned that in warfare at that time period, that flaming arrows weren't necessarily used for. Uh, to kill people, but they're they're actually used to. Uh, they would send flaming arrows over people's heads be, because you couldn't aim really well with flaming arrows, right. and so people would look up at the flaming arrows, and then somebody would come from beneath and stab them. Mm-hmm. And that's what Satan does. He'll throw things over your head that you don't even understand, and especially right. young Christians. Here's something that you're never going to be able to figure out right now, yeah. and you and this can totally derail your faith. And right. we'll say. What's are you Calvinist Arminians? You got to figure this out. If you don't figure out predestination or or mm-hmm. free will, then you you can't. You don't know God or you don't know Christianity. You don't know the Bible, and right. then people will dwell on that, and then they'll give up Christianity because they're trying to understand something that they never right. had the capacity to understand in the first place. So maybe God and, didn't even reveal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's been people who thought about that for like 50 years and don't know. Well, that. I mean, literally 500. But yeah. Yeah. 500. So like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, it goes, I mean, you go back to Augustine or yeah. even further. It's like, right. I mean, it's 2000, right? right? So I think it's also true with people's sin, right? It's like, if you yes, can't figure out right. why you're addicted to a sexual sin, like this, right. you must be wrong. Christianity must be wrong. Instead of being patient mm-hmm. and just trying to seek God. Right. God, right. when Jesus died for you, he knew that you weren't going to get free of yeah. everything from anger and this and that and insecurity and anxiety yeah. and all at one time. He knew yeah. that. Right. And he knew that your addiction to sexual sin wasn't going to end just like that. Right. Now you want to end as soon as you can. Right. Especially if you're abusing other people in the process. Yeah. But like, it's not like God is through with you because you didn't like, there's yeah. a process. Right. And right. so like, like, like for a lot of people for sexual sin, they got to heal from something else that's driving that addiction. Yeah. And that's really what God wants to work on so they can be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think whether it's a, whether it's a, a, a cognitive issue mm-hmm. or whether it's a sin issue. Right. If you can relax and be like, look, yeah. I am approved in Jesus Christ. Right. Right. So that I can walk in my freedom, right. which is sanctification. And right. I'll never be alone. And I have authority to walk in this way. Right. And I need to figure out how to grow. Right. Right. I need some spiritual direction. I need to listen right. to teaching. I need to be part of the community yeah. of Christ. I need to engage right. in a rule of life that right. treats me like a human being and a yeah. spiritual being mm-hmm. so that my life is ordered towards my ongoing maturity. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, for people coming out of my generation is going to sound impossible uh, like that because of maybe 50 years ago or 25, yeah. 30 years ago, it would have been like, I think I can do that. And you would have your community around you that would generally be on the same page. Now it's like, 
if you want to do that, you're going to be an outlier within the church most times. You're going to be an outlier everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember I was in Minneapolis when I started reading books. I was by myself in Minneapolis and like I didn't have a big community. I wasn't. And I was working on a campaign on a on a political campaign, but I didn't I didn't go there for like community. I wasn't trying to like make friends. So I just every day it was like I worked and then I just was by myself. And I basically like when I started to do that, I just had to say, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to just read these books and then I'm going to work out every day and I'm going to eat like one sandwich every day. I'm not going to eat so much. I'm going to lose like 20, I lost like 25 pounds. Mm-hmm. I gained it all when I got married back again, but whatever. And then, but that, that you, I just had to make those, you had to, I had to say to myself, the things I'm doing, everybody else is going to think is weird. Any other person my age is going to be like, You're, you, this is weird. Don't right. waste your time with because that. Because the majority of people are, are really hurting. Yeah. I mean, the, right. the amount of anxiety and stuff and people intellectualize and say, well, it's the, it's the political stuff and it's right. our country's being torn apart by racial issues. And stuff. That's not why you're feeling. Anxious. Right. Okay. Like when I was a kid, so uh, let me look in the camera. Okay. If you're like a millennial or whatever, yeah. or a Gen Z, listen, when I was your age, um, Russia and America were going to blow up the entire earth 780 times with nuclear bombs mm-hmm. and it could happen at any minute. And we had to like hide under desks when whistles blew because we were going to die of a nuclear Holocaust. And that hung over our heads from third grade mm-hmm. through college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like we, like we lived in tumultuous times too. And people in the sixties lived in very tumultuous times right. and there have been right. plagues and all kinds of things. This is one of the safest moments we've ever lived in as far as war and, and, Almost anything. Yeah, and guess, yet yeah. our anxiety levels right. have created stress levels yeah. that make it impossible for first half of us to function most days under mm-hmm. 35 years old. And it's not much better for under 45 years old. Right. right. And so I think we need to recognize there is something going on that isn't Jesus mm-hmm. that is wrecking our emotional capacities. Mm-hmm. It's increasing our anxiety mm-hmm. and that's deadening us inside in terms of our ability to really connect mm-hmm. with other people. Mm-hmm embrace responsibility Mm -hmm. and live in the kind of human rhythms that produce the kind of life Jesus Mm -hmm. creates. And those misunderstandings that are very devout and very well-intentioned are still ruining us. Because if you can believe something with all your heart, wanting to please God, and if it is objectively wrong (laughs) and contra to your humanity and Mm -hmm. God's means of spiritual growth, it will wreck you. And you will ultimately do a bunch of things out of anxiety that won't Mm -hmm. work. And then the anxiety will turn to gloom mm-hmm. and to depression and to yeah. an emotional deadness right. that feels like your, your faith is being sucked out of you. You will then feel like God has failed you. Right. And then you'll feel like you've lost your faith. And it was right. passive. Like you didn't try to lose your faith. It right. just got sucked out of you. Right. And so you think, well, I guess maybe I'm just not the kind of person who believes or maybe Christianity is false. Yeah. No, you were oversaturated in worldliness. Mm-hmm. You got incepted with lies Mm -hmm. from media corporations. Mm -hmm. You became so frothy and shallow. You didn't Mm -hmm. know what to do. Mm -hmm. You got sucked into their anxiety, which led to your emotional deadening. Mm -hmm. And in that emotional deadening, you blamed God because you didn't know who else to blame. Mm -hmm. And God, you can blame God for anything. Mm -hmm. And then you got mad at God and your faith dwindled Mm -hmm. because your anxiety is like, we have to relieve this somehow. If God just doesn't exist, at least I don't have to feel bad about not living up to God's standards. And so your anxiety pushes out your faith and now you are your anxiety. Right. That's that's all you're ever going to be. Yeah. And I I think that part of a lot of this is an authority, authority issue as well, as far as people's, and I I don't know exactly how to say this people like through what you just said, you have, uh, people get into that point where they'd rather blame God than blame the media corporations. And the reason why they'd rather blame God because of media corporations, is because if they actually blame the people who are at fault for the, the people who are doing this to them, 
it would mean that they would have to speak out in a crowd full of people who are manipulated by those same media corporations. And the people who are manipulated by the same media corporations are absolutely ruthless, like your friends, your family, everybody around you. The second you tell them, actually, you're absolutely being controlled by these people. They don't want you to think for yourself. They'll be like, you're living under a rock. You don't know what's going on. You're the problem, blah, 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 blah. You're a dinosaur. You're going to be left yeah. behind. Exactly. And then, and this then is how we're going to bring about social justice. Right. And they'll be like, that's your Christianity. And I think that, th that, yeah, as a Christian, you just have to say like, yeah, it is like, I, I'd rather not yeah. hate myself for the rest of my life and deal yeah. with this crap than, than, than do what you guys are doing. Cause this is right. not working. Cause ultimately yeah. what this comes down to, right. Is what Carl Truman called mimesis and poiesis poiesis right and it's literally that the, that that part of the book i yeah which and is he pathetic. doesn't go yeah. into it very deeply no but he just um, explains it we briefly. had um michael matheson miller on and yeah. he talked a little bit about i did email him that, about us going on his podcast and yeah, he yeah. seems into it but like one of his podcasts because mm -hmm. he has a podcast and on one of yes. them they discussed Rene yeah. gerard and gerard is the one who made famous this idea of mimetic structures yeah which is yeah. like so much of our life we're actually copying things we're mimicking things yeah poesis comes from the idea it's built on the same word of poetry it's mm -hmm. you have these like raw materials of words mm -hmm. and then you reorder them into this thing you create like a poem and it's it's a difference between um classicalism that is we have a nature that we discover and we live in accordance with or transhumanism which is i'm a bunch of raw materials mm -hmm. that i can make into my own poem yeah i can right. transcend my humanity and so part of the idea that's happening here is we're saying like well we can use all this social mm -hmm. media stuff we can we can become technologized people mm -hmm. we can become hyper consumers mm -hmm. and that's totally fine we can governmentalize our societies and that'll mm -hmm. work because what we're doing is we're transcending because because i'll say look that's inhuman mm -hmm. it's utterly unnatural to mm -hmm. live that way and people will essentially be like but i don't care mm -hmm. i'm not trying to be human i'm trying to transcend mm -hmm. ancient humanity i'm trying to become right. something else something right. that's and, and what they're trying to become is something freer right and mimesis was assumed for all of human history up until what was ironic about the whole thing is that mimesis was assumed for all of human history up until the industrial revolution which was a product of people who believed in a mimetic worldview yeah. who created capitalism who then created the industrial Revolu revolution which then proved to people that you could create whatever you wanted out of raw materials which right. then at the same time romanticism responded to the yes. industrial revolution right and, and created like a poiesis of right. romanticism yeah. while yeah. industrially we were creating a poiesis of nature uh, of nature right. right and then it all came to uh, yeah. that all has accumulated in what we have today as yeah. expressive individualism postmodernism. So i was like what the crap yeah. because the good intentions of democracy and like the conservative values of democracy and like the human the humaneness of capitalism right. actually perpetuated yeah this yeah. worldview which i don't yeah. know what that says but about what the i want to tell people who feel like sin. this is is like listen even if your worldview is mm -hmm. poetic you're like i really want to transcend i want to transcend yeah. that i want yeah. something better to have the answer here's the problem but you are mimetic right you can say you want to live transhumanly you want to find something bigger and better the problem is human beings are mimetic that's all that is that's part of our nature mm -hmm. and what's going to happen is social media companies and international conglomerates and mm -hmm. Um, political parties and they know and, you're and those people yeah they're gonna incept right. into your mind things mm -hmm. to imitate mm -hmm. and you're gonna think you're being poetic and open and free and libertine right. and and like moving into something right. that might be exciting and new right and what's really happening is right. people are dumping into your shallow right. self things that you will naturally imitate right so right. you're really yeah. just being mimetic right. you're just right. being shallower and easier to control right, right. so you right. so our, yeah. fu our future our transhumanism is we're all becoming bees yeah yeah i mean yeah i, I don't I and agree. It would have been really nice if this somebody told me that when I was in school. 
Yeah. yeah. So I would say, listen, uh, rule of life. So like get rid of the distractions, mm -hmm. begin to build a human rule of life. How are you going to live your life structured? You have, you need to live a way more structured life. You need to go through that third. You probably need a traveling companion who is two, at least two life stages older than you. This is not a spouse, right? Right. You're talking this is about a, mentor. a mentor. You need somebody yeah. of the same sex, at least right. two life life stages mm -hmm. older than you and not somebody who's just going to tell you yes to every not a yes man somebody so, who's going to be right. able to say no you're somebody wrong. who you really believe is wise right somebody you believe has the peace of the peace and calm of god in them right, right. somebody who is willing to tell you the truth mm -hmm. somebody who knows the scriptures really well mm -hmm. and you need to search for that person you need to beg that person to spend time with you and you need to help help sort of restructure your life mm -hmm. in ways that are like ordered because it's those rhythms and structures mm -hmm. are what will help with your anxiety mm -hmm. and your brokenness and your right. and your depression. And then you need to commit yourself to some things. Mm -hmm. Serve at church. Right. Commit yourself to some a couple so of friendships. Maybe a small group. Yep, a small Do group would be great. Group. Say yeah. say um, I'm gonna get out of myself because part of what's happening to you is you're too focused on yourself. Mm -hmm. And you need to get out of yourself. You need to commit yourself to like three to five relationships mm -hmm. where you're gonna make those people's lives better. You're going to offer them care, listening. Mm -hmm. You're going to do little things for them. You're going to send them encouraging text messages. Mm -hmm. You're going to make their lives better. Mm -hmm. And you're going to give yourself to that, right? And yeah, those you, sorts yeah, of things. That's going to be difficult because they, you might find that you hate these people after like right? two weeks because of how selfish you are. I mean, that's like yeah. what happens. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't quit on it, obviously. Right. Yeah. And you need people to prepare you for, because you're going to have certain like detoxes. Yeah. Like when I detoxed off of sugar, yeah, it, that's it's similar to what some people report detoxing off of sexual addiction, where like your body is really strongly rebelling. Yeah, you're getting like these intrusive thoughts, mm -hmm. like all the time. Like I was getting these intrusive thoughts to go eat something made out of bread just all the time. I felt anger in my like upper chest right here, like around my clavicle. Mm -hmm. I would feel like a physical almost yeah. resting of anxious anger right here because mm -hmm. I wasn't eating carbs and sugar. Yeah, and it was like I mean three weeks, and they say it's almost a year before your craving for sugar really goes away. That's messed up. Right. Right. But it's, it's like, it's like, it's controlling you. Yeah. And like, you've got to be ready for some <sighs> of that stuff, man. but you, man, you can be, you can be free of it. And like, right. what'll happen is, right. I mean, you start investing in friendships, you mm -hmm. start doing things that are really human. You get some exercise, you get some sun, you start mm -hmm. eating and acting mm -hmm. and sleeping like a human being. And then you start feeding your soul, mm -hmm. not with bad religion and without giving your attention just to worldliness and giving yeah. your attention to something me meaningful, real and deep. Becoming a self with the self of Jesus Christ. Right. And then finding like a good mentor who can give you some good spiritual direction. Yeah. That's productive. You can really, but it's going to take, it's going to take three or four months to have any kind of meaningful breakthrough. Yeah. And it's going to yeah. take a, a year to feel like you've got the sailboat kind of cutting in the right direction. Yeah. yeah and it's going to take right. 10 years to really change your emotional right workings especially if you've had a lot of depression yeah and you've been yeah. rewiring your brain to for depression to be right. your standard state right it'll take a while to kind of rework that yeah it's important to remember that it maybe took 20 to 30 years to build up where you're at now it's mm -hmm. not going to just change overnight and and, and in yeah. our society and culture where we're just looking for the most instant gratification that we can get the idea that something could take a year to 10 years to change or fix mm -hmm. it, people would be like i mean a lot of people might just be like I'd rather just stay messed up, yeah. but it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell those people other than like, come back when you're absolutely at your worst because I like, I don't know what and to tell them. Yeah. It'll be a lot harder. Don't do it. But yeah. Yeah. It seems like when I talk to people my age, it's like they, they don't, and this is probably true of all young people. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily want to do this stuff until they absolutely have to, until they're like 
put, put into a position in their life where you, you either do this or you like kill yourself. I mean, yeah. those are like the two yeah. options. You know? I mean, this is one of the things you see in the Bible, except yeah. instead of using international technological conglomerates, it uses kings, right? Yeah. That like when kings are bad, right. the culture is ungodly and worldly. Yeah. And what happens is the public just flips. They just become ungodly mm-hmm. like the king. Yeah. Because they're mimetic. They just, they'll just go along with it. Right. Most human beings go with the flow. They right. just go with the flow and they're not faithful. Right. And one of the reasons this is Jesus important, says, it's so important to have good leaders. I mean, this is, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, you, yeah. I, I don't even know. I've thought about this before about how important it is to have good leaders, but especially because the vast majority of people are followers and yeah. it'll be, it'll be the judgment. I think God will judge the leaders heart more harshly on the basis of how they led people astray or not. I mean, within the church, that's yeah, obviously true, but I think even outside of the church. Yeah. But I would say like, there might be, there might be a, like a thousand people who listen to this that feel like this person. Yeah. They just feel like their faith is just yeah. draining out of them. They yeah. feel weak. Listen, you're our next pastor because yeah, if you true. face this, Right. This is what your whole church is going to be struggling right. with for the next 50 years. Right. Everybody who comes into your church is going to have some version of this disease. This is our cultural disease. Mm-hmm. If you beat this, if you mm-hmm. figure out how to be a real spiritual person mm-hmm. and to grow in faith mm-hmm. in this and to see what the bad religions are and to see mm-hmm. how worldliness is creeping in, you you figure out a way to make progress. Mm-hmm. You can lead people to a new promised land. Right. You could right. be somebody God really uses. And even right. if you don't become like a vocational pastor, yeah. you could be a great mentor. I know mentors who like sort out quite major questions like this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I send people to them, right. and they s- help people sort it out. Right. And all of your peers, and yeah. all of your family members, and all of the young people—I mean, people right now are so anxiously broken by this dynamic yeah. that they are deciding they are another sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the most foundational thing to humanity, besides that you're a living creature, right. is your sex, your gender, sex. Like, how yeah. anxious do you have to be? How right. broken in your sense of reality you have to mm-hmm. be to be like the best mm-hmm. solution here? is for me to be a different sex. Right. That which will fix this. Most of it, which not most of the time, but a lot of times leads to de- more depression, more anxiety, more, mm-hmm. more suicide. And, and yeah. it's not because culture isn't accepting. Call all the culture does right now is accept that. So that's not, it's yeah. not a good argument anymore. Yeah. And both with anxiety and with, um, gender dysphoria, there are some people who their experience of their own bodies is sufficiently broken where they have this like psychiatrically. Mm-hmm. So like there are some people that have really, really high anxiety for mm-hmm. psychiatric reasons. Like their, their brain and neurology right. just in their hormones just produces a ton of anxiety. And they're, mm-hmm. they're like literally born that way. They've got a, yeah. And folks like that, like, listen, get on some medication. It'll right. really help you. Right. You're still going to have to do all this stuff too. Right. Right. But you can get right. that natural anxiety right. within normal levels. Right. For some people you'll be, you're struggling so much. You might need yeah. to see a counselor and take um, something for, through four or five or six months mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and work on this stuff mm-hmm. and then slowly come off that drug and you'll do a lot better yeah. for people who are truly gender dysphoric, like yeah. one in, I don't know. It's a lot, a lot of thousands yeah. of people. <laughs> if you're truly right. psychiatrically yeah. at, at a high level of right. diagnostic mm-hmm. questioning, truly gender dysphoric. Right. And this is a, like a brokenness you're experiencing in your right. spirit and in your body. Right. I, I I'm that's you're not right. who I'm shooting at right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about yeah, like yeah, a confused yeah. 14 year old girl yeah. who right. hates her body because she looks like a girl. Right. And she, and she, she doesn't look at somebody on yeah. Instagram. Right. right. Thinking about herself, which is what teenagers do. Like right. Jordan Peterson talks about this. Right. Just thinking about yourself means thinking about your body. Right. When you're a girl and you know your fertility and how people look at it really matters. Right. That is, is negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And so then you start easily hating your body or thinking yeah. you hate your body. And that can lead right. to eating disorders. It can right. also lead to a, 
gender hatred, a self gender hatred, right? right? Because right. we have destroyed in a lot of ways femaleness. Yeah. Culturally. Yeah. I think yeah. that the I think that what girls Weird. experience I mean, with femaleness is horrific. Yeah. yeah. You have to be per, you're like you have to like be a man mm-hmm. and you have to be the perfect woman. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's horrific. Mm-hmm. I, I don't blame I don't blame young people for being like, maybe I should change my gender. Mm-hmm. I don't blame mm-hmm. them. I'm just saying it's probably not gonna work. Right. It, that's right. not mimetic it's not yeah. what you're meant to be yeah. like it's not well, how it's a delusion because you aren't actually changing your gender right. you're just changing yeah. i don't know what you're you're changing what you think about your gender and you're i mean abigail yeah. schreier's book irreversible irreversible damage does a really good job of explaining how and she's not a christian she's just looking at it purely maybe from like a I don't know if she's a secular viewpoint or a scientific viewpoint yeah, or whatever you want to say. She, yeah. She's it, conservative. She yeah. thinks that human beings have natures. Yeah. And the idea that you can just erase a nature right. by right. clipping things and doing right. drugs is, is not work. true. Yeah. And, and so right. younger women, 14 to 18 in Europe and the United States uh, and all over the world who are wanting to be transgender, it, it, a lot of this is just social contagion. It's, it's just the fact that there's this, this anxiety and fear around mm-hmm not doing what everybody else wants to do. But, but this does a, that does a wild disservice to people who are literally struggling. The one in 600,000 who actually struggles with gender dysphoria, who is now lost in the mix of a bunch of people who are, don't technically struggle with gender dysphoria in the scientific technical terms. They're struggling with social anxiety and, which is horrific. Which is bad, right? But you're not. But it's right. two different problems, and now right. the They're person different who, problems. Yes. Correct. The there are some who people needs, who are psychiatrically yes. and clinically right. exactly. experiencing gender dysphoria. And that person They're, needs help, but how absolutely. could they get help if every, if everybody everybody else is being helped and they can't get help? Right. And yeah. and the way we are determining to help those people right. is so intermixed with so many different right. versions of people that want to right. change gender right. that that we can't focus on a right. single rare right. phenomenon and right. give those people the best help possible. Right. We're we're clouding it with like male autogonophilia and and then all kinds of other social contagions. And, and they're clouding it with the fact that the people who actually have the serious gender dysphoric pro- dysphoria problem are being told that that's not a problem anymore. That Like, it's not a problem. It's good. Everybody else around them is telling them that this is good. Actually, you are what you think that you are. You're not, you don't have a problem. This isn't a problem. Yeah. And so that's because right, of the social contagion. Yeah, because it's not now it's, we should it's just accept it, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, and, I mean, you, you, you know that like, there's two or three people that are really open about having gender dysphoria in our church. And sure. like, yeah. but they, none of them are transitioning. Yeah. Like one of them yeah, dresses yeah, kind of yeah. like a woman sometimes yeah. because he's like, sometimes I do this it like the intensity of the stress I'm feeling is diminished some, but that person who's a physical male says, I feel my gender dysphoria increasing when I have other stresses in my life. I know these feelings about my gender are connected to other stresses. Hmm. And I know that it's, it's not just that I just happen right. to want to be a woman. Right? right. And I have another, there's another person who like is similar, but like that person knows they have comorbidities with like mm-hmm. chronic anxiety, mm-hmm. bipolar, mm-hmm. some of the other stuff. And so that person's like, this is a way more complicated mm-hmm. like right. cocktail right. that I'm dealing with. But yeah. that, that person yeah. has like right. embraced being a man, right. married a woman. Yeah. And it's kind of working through that. Right. And yeah, some days are harder than others, right. but like they're, they're happy. Yeah. As with any sin, I mean, the, the, as with any problem that you have as a human being, like, I mean, not anything I, that's disordered in right. ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Sin disorders right. the human self. And right. Sometimes right. it's not a sinning. Yeah. It's like, it's a yeah. disordering of the human person. And sometimes right. we can heal right. and reorder it. Right. And sometimes we, we can't really in this life. Right. Right. Sometimes it's something we have to bear well. Right. I wonder if, Heal as much as we can. Yeah, I I do wonder, because I think people ask, well, then what's the proper response to those people within the church who are 
struggling with that. I mean, I, 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 yeah, but I don't want to get too far afield because yeah. what, what I'm, t- what, what, the reason I brought this up right. is that this social anxiety that is producing people identifying as trans yeah. is a creation of our secular mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is the progressive overtones mm-hmm. and teachings of it. And that is producing a phenomenon mm-hmm. What where they were trying to decrease the amount of social anxiety kids had. Yeah. They've actually radically increased it. Right. Because, right. because right. it's like, it goes back to the old, the old yeah. jeans thing, right? So you go into a store, how many choices of jeans do you actually want? And the answer is three, mm-hmm. seven is too many. Mm-hmm. You don't want that many choices. Mm-hmm. You don't want one. You don't want to live in like communist Russia where it's like, right. these are the only genes. Right. You want a few choices, but not mm-hmm. a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about determining a self as a complex human being, yeah. you actually don't want choices. Right. You actually right. want things to be pretty clear. Right. You're a boy. Right. You're a girl. Yeah. The idea that like that's up for grabs is actually incredibly stressful. Right. right. For kids in ways right. they don't understand. Right. And won't admit to. And so the fact yeah. that we've like wiped away tradition mm-hmm. yeah. and there's no shoots anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Kids have to like make up humanity because we're like, right. well, we're not telling you what humanity right. is. You, it's you, like, it's no, already, that's literally your job. Yeah. Well, no, they don't tell you. We don't know. They tell you what, what humanity is, is already in you. And you can't know. Yeah. And you have to make it up. Right. And it's like, right. how could you ruin a human being any worse than right. that? Right. It's like the worst. Right. But it comes from like, when you deny God, yeah. you deny what he tells us. Right. Well, then what's going to happen if God's right? right. You're literally going to do the opposite of what he says, which is literally the right. most inhuman thing you can possibly do. Yeah. And even if you're onto some things, there's some insights. Yeah. You're going to run those insights out to their extremes till they become monstrosities and harmful. Yeah. Like human freedom, right. like being romantic is a great thing. Right. But romanticism as an ideology is a terrible right. thing. Right. All of these things are great. Put in the right proper place. Right. If, if you And you have to have discernment to be able to figure out where that goes. And, yeah. and you and, need to read the Bible. And, and, right. and modern secular progressivism yeah. is as bad as the worst fundamentalisms. Yeah. And it creates right. the same lack of a self. Yeah. It's, people it's adrift, all, social yeah. anxiety. Right. And a worship and of, of, of one thing, whether in fundamentalism, that be the pastor or in progressivism, that be the media or what, I don't know, whatever, whoever that yeah. is, that, th- that people are always going to be oriented towards some sort of leadership hierarchy and wherever you go, you could play the game yeah. where you're progressive you, and, and you pretend is, like is that, that like, doesn't if exist. If you are caught in some kind of reductive, stupid, like kind of like nasty conservative fundamentalism, yeah. you got Which lots exists. of places to go. Yeah. You get the whole culture to go to. Right. You just drop out of that tiny minority right. and you walk into the big expanse of anything you want. Yeah. With secularized progressivism mm-hmm. ac- accentuated by super big government, mm-hmm. intrusiveness in global conglomerates of, of consumption yeah. and technology and social medias, mm-hmm. that owns everything. Mm-hmm. Escaping that is like a fish trying to escape water. It feels right. like impossible. Right. And you're like, well, I have no idea where to go. Right. And the answer right. is, yeah, there's only a few... Right. communities yeah. doing something else left and yeah. they're basically all synagogues and churches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's, it's important to say that and it's like, only a few of the churches, the two, uh, and in some ways the alt right and the, and the super far progressive left are minorities, but the far progressive left, I think is becoming less of a minority. I think the alt right became larger, but I think as Trump dies out, it'll die. It'll die out because I don't see. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. But those two sides of the spectrum, the alt right and the alt left, are uh, they are smaller than they seem. I mean, they just have really loud voices. Often they're, they're, I don't. They they might run media companies, or a lot of times the alt left and progressives are are the head and they're 
academia, they're, they're professors, they're teachers. And so mm-hmm. they feel like they're really loud, but actually, and I think this is where people find, and this is one of my pitches for why people should later on when optivenetwork.com comes out in about two weeks, mm-hmm. why they should get involved in Optive and get a subscription to our website is because, um, Right now, most media companies are playing into one of those two things because it's the loudest and they feel like it sells. Mm-hmm. And there's this huge group of people in between who feel like they have to pick a side because you can't you can't have you can't have nuanced, complex thoughts because that's intimidating to both sides. Mm-hmm. So if I say to the conservatives or Republicans, yeah, like I'm conservative in this way and that way, and I think we should do this. They'll be mm-hmm. like, that's not what we believe in. Get the F out of here. We don't like you. Or if I right. go to the progressives and I say, I think this and that, and I don't agree with you on this, but I agree with you on this. They'll say that's messed up. Get the F out. And so right. you end up, you either, and most people don't have the the guts or the courage to say, all right, I'm just not going to have any friends. You know, <laughs> like people want friends. So they, yeah. j- they end up just picking one of those sides. There's really no, no community that's in between. Which is what I think yeah. we're trying to create at Optive. Yeah. It's going to be incredibly difficult. Yeah, Yoram Hazoni does a good job in his book, Conservatism, saying, yeah. you know, liberals and progressive, progressive people and libertarians and yeah. uh, and and like liberal conservatives, yeah. they all think that they believe things because they're true. And he's like, yeah. that's never been true. Human right. beings believe things because those things are honored. Yeah. And right. he's like, yeah, I mean, you can you can strive towards it, but all of your mm-hmm. gut, all of your feelings, mm-hmm. so much of your humanity wants to be honored, mm. wants to be in a place of honor and wants to honor what will, what could be received and transmitted. Right. And the part of the issue though, that pe- I think only people understand is, is that, um, the f- quote far right and the quote far left is always going to be with us. Yeah. 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 Right? You're, you're, you're never going to, you're never going to be able to like avoid anxiety right. by beating any of them no, because right. there's always going to be reactionaries where yeah. people say, leave me the heck alone. I want to keep my way of life. Yeah. And there's always going to be pe- revolutionaries right. where they won't leave you alone. They want to change your way of life. Yeah. One of the things people don't understand is, is that, you can contain the bad right. It's very hard to contain the radical left because they are, they, their philosophy is to infiltrate and systemically control and change societies through government. I mean, and that and through go- institutions, well, institutions, well, yeah, government, well, most of institutions are, but they didn't run. start by infiltrating the institution of government. They started by in- infiltrating the institutions of education. Which was an institution of government. I mean, I, I think that yeah, that's that, where that, that came that's from. That's true. Yeah, that that is true. Yeah, but like, but they, but that that's true of all the private schools too, and private universities. They've all been completely infiltrated. But that's because they're taking money Hollywood from the, the creation of because the ones who are because five, there's only five left in the country that aren't taking any money from it, from the government schools. You mean? Yeah, and they're the most conservative schools out there. They're mm-hmm. like they're like Hillsdale and. Um, Oh, uh, there's one more that that I remember, but I can't remember what the names of them are. Yeah. But they're all super conservative, super, and mm-hmm. they're and I think that when you start to tie your university to the government, there is strings attached. There's always strings attached, mm-hmm. and I think, I and this is why. Yeah, I think you could be. Yeah, so but okay, so I. You're gonna try to bring this back to yeah, what he said. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like this issue of deconstruction, yeah. feeling, feeling like you have no right. control. Right over your emotional deadness. Yeah. And you, you see people wanting yeah. to praise God. You read the Psalms and, yeah. and David is praising God. Yeah. And you're like, there should be yeah. emotional fire yeah. in me. And especially if you go to like a charismatic church and everything's about passion and knowing God right. and having intimacy with God. And you're like, man, this is not mm-hmm. working. Like one right. of my good friends in town here, he's a pastor. And one of his main themes is 
like don't settle for anything less than intimacy with God. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're Tom. Tom's yeah, been Tom on Flaherty. this podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, it, like he'll say all the time, like, like it's not worth going on without the ark of God. Mm-hmm. Why go into the promised land if he's not going to go with you? Like, mm-hmm. like God has to be with you. And like, that's very true. Mm-hmm. But those feelings of intimacy, like you go to a church like that mm-hmm. and that's right. That right. You, like, we do want to pursue right. quote intimacy with God. Yeah. But if it's a, if it, if it's either, when we can't, we're not capable of intimacy because worldliness has made us so emotionally shallow. We yeah. can't have deep feelings. Right. right. Or if it's because we, we, we hear that from our pastor, mm-hmm. but either he's teaching or we get from bad Christian publishing or something else. Mm-hmm. These like, these like bad religion yeah. versions right. that deform us as well. Yeah. That isn't going to get us there. And so we feel so stuck and trapped. And so what I want to tell you, if you're listening to this is if you feel stuck and trapped like that, one, it's probably not your fault. Mm-hmm. You didn't you, right? right. Two, it can change. Right. Three, God loves and accepts you mm-hmm. right where you are. Mm-hmm. Four, mm-hmm. you're going to have to realize this is a emotional process, mm-hmm. not a truth problem. Yeah. And so what you have to do is you have to imagine a sword in your hand yeah. and you look into the shadow of your mind and you see some, the anxiety spinning around and round and round and round and round. Yeah. And you just have to cut that circle in half. Yeah. You can't reason with it. You, yeah. reason, reasoning with anxiety doesn't really work. You say right. no. Right. This is why Jesus says, he didn't say like uh, he said, uh, uh, "Don't be anxious." I mean, he is. Uh, it, I've thought about that. I don't know what verse it is. Yeah, it's in it's in Philippians four. All right. Well, but, yeah, bring your Paul says it. Jesus yeah. says it through Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he says that basically he's just like, "Don't be anxious." I mean, that oh, was in, his in, command. In Matthew six, he says, "Don't worry." Yeah, and don't it's worry. Very similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like because in the, in our society, there's all these methods as to how to not be anxious, but it seems like Jesus and the new Testament, it's just like, I'm not going to give you a method. Just don't do it. And I know that, that whatever, but yeah. like, I thought about this the other day. Cause I was like, what are we doing with all this anxiety talk? Like, it, like, are we trying to create methods? Cause it seems like Jesus is just like, look, when you try to, you, you can't, this anxiety, worry, fear, this is all like, it's all a nasty trick. Like you, you all your methods don't work on it. It just keeps playing. It keeps right. entangling itself with you. The longer you let it sit there. And at some point you just have to say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, see, this gets back to like male, female and progressivism, conservatism in a way, just, and I don't yeah, mean I politically. Yeah. I mean like the tr- mode yeah, of thought. Yeah, the way That's why everybody it. has to be progressive and want like one part of their brain and right. conservative another. Right. Because when anxiety comes in, yeah. If you respond, quote, progressively or femininely, you'll say, oh, this is pain. Right. Pain requires care. Right. And so you go, how do I care for this? Right. Well, that that just makes anxiety worse. Right. You actually have to discipline it. You have to spank it. You have to be you have to like in a masculine concerned way be like, no, I'm going to keep the barbarians out of my civilization. I'm going to push you out. I'm going to be honest about why I have this fear. But Jesus is like, listen, the way you handle like worrying about your life or are you going to have enough food or clothing is you got to realize God cares about you. Right. The flowers have enough yeah, clothing yeah. and the birds have enough food. Right. You, you, de- you need to just right. do your duty today right. and you need to let it go. Right. And, you, and, and that requires faith. That, that requires more right. faith than anything else because faith isn't, isn't contingent on reason. I mean, as much as we right. want to think it is as, as humans and even as Protestants right. and as evangelicals, like we, we want right. to reason through things. And, so fa- faith is not reasonable. And you can see both the caring and nurturing spirit in Jesus because he's like, listen, you're loved. Yeah. Like God, yeah. God cares for the sparrows. Right. He's going to care for you. So that's yeah. like that feminine, yeah. progressive minded. Right. And, but then he's like, look, you got to cut it off. Yeah. You can't let yourself worry. You can't right. be like, well, you know, mm-hmm. and just let the thing grow. Right. You've got to discipline your worry, right. but you discipline it with yeah. actually a nurturing thought. Right. 
right? right. And those two exist in this tension in the right. fully All formed the mature person. Yeah. And so you, if you just think in progressive terms or you just think in conservative terms, yeah. you can't think like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, to, I mean, over the past week as Andrew and I are trying to figure out how this summer is going to look because I'm taking, I'm, I'm not going to work a job for real money. I'm going to do Optive for three months. We have money saved up. It's not the worst thing ever, but it's, it's, it's scary yeah. because I'm going to do this and I'm, we're not going to make a lot of money. Well, I'll, I'll make some money. We'll see how it all goes. And so please buy a membership. Yeah, please buy a membership. <laughs> please, please, please. For the sake of my marriage and my life. Um, that, my Fitbit is telling me I have at 10,000 steps. I didn't take a step while we were doing this podcast, <laughs> but it thinks I am because I moved my hand. Um, that like I've had, I have the dwell Bible app and mm -hmm. they just read to you. I got like this guy from Africa reading to me. It sounds really cool. And yeah. there is one f d like specifically for fears, anxieties. And yeah. it's like, and it's literally just these verses of Jesus right. saying, do not like, God is you taking care of. He's providing for you. If he can provide for the birds, he can provide for you. Like, and I've had to listen to that and be like, all right, like, I think this is where God wants me to do. It seems like there's a lot of potential here for a bunch of fear and anxiety. And yet the, the, the knowing actually for me and being probably more conservatively minded, knowing the truth, the more progressive truth that God cares for me is the more comforting thing. And then mm -hmm. knowing the truth that, okay, that's true. Now you got to cut this. Now you got to stop thinking about how everything's going to go wrong. Um, that that is that both of those things are comforting and true at the same time. And so that I don't know. I mean, for people who are struggling with this, just listen and read those verses over and over, memorize them, mm -hmm. and have that stuff in your head because yeah, you're you're not like life's not going to society's not going to get less anxious as far as I can tell. It seems like we're going to keep going in this direction. Yeah, I think people. People want to think that they're better than their parents yeah. and that the things that made their parents or people in their parents' generation right. great, the ones who were great, right. um, are doing totally different for us because mm -hmm. we're just more advanced. Yeah. It's right. just not really true. Like no, memorizing right. the Bible is something right. Christians have done for a right. really, really long time. And, we and memorizing yeah. the very verses that are right. re repetitious medications your soul needs right. is among the best things. And in right. an anxious generation, right. memorizing the pa right. that passage from Matthew 6 and right. that appropriate passage from Philippians 4 right. is so yeah. helpful. Yeah, that can make all the difference. Yeah. And so um, one of the books I, I recommend some is it's written by a Catholic author, and there is some Catholic kookiness in it. Right. like telling people to pray the rosary regularly. Right. But the book Spiritual Warfare and the Discernment of Spirits yeah. by Dan Burke yeah. is really short. And the first part of it is just replacing the truth with a lie, dealing with your the lies in your life and yeah. the anxieties they produce. Right, It's pretty helpful. Yeah. And then he goes into the Ignatian method of moving towards consolation and away from desolation. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's a good paradigm when you're dealing right. with chronic anxiety and depression. Yeah. What is the good that God believes in yeah. that when you in, start to engage in it, even emotionally, you feel a consolation, yeah. something like the peace of God growing in you. Yeah. And what, when you turn to it, it creates a desolation, like an aloneness, a separation from God. Right. And just follow that in accordance with what scripture teaches. Right. But in hopefully under spiritual direction. Yeah. But yeah. how do you like follow spiritual consolation right. and move away from spiritual right. desolation? And just that right. learning to do that can really help people who are yeah. dealing with, with this like cycle of anxiety. Right. And then just substitute the rosary for the Lord's prayer or something like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, one of the things I didn't realize in the history of the rosary is um, the monks used to pray the Psalms. They would memorize the Psalms yeah. and they would, they had beads 
and they and that's would, how that, and the beads okay. were different psalms and they would memorize yeah. the psalms and say it and so it's at the the rosary is like a super dumbed down Maryized version yeah. of praying the psalms which is sad cuz very sad the, yeah. int- the the original idea is great that what it's turned into is not yeah not i'm very against praying the rosary yeah. i know there's a lot of catholics who really believe it i don't i don't want to say right. it's like idolatry you're going yeah. to hell yeah. but like I don't believe in praying to saints yeah. and Mary is given an especially high yeah. position right. even among that practice, which yeah. is probably the worst yeah. then of all of it. Right. So I'm very against praying the rosary right. and veneration, venerating Mary beyond the veneration of respect yeah. and honor that you would give a great saint. And if you want to see Nick debate or hear Nick debate a Catholic, you did that. I mean, it's our, it's one of our like fourth most popular podcast. Now. Yeah. Just, I don't think he, and I talked about the rosary very much, but yeah, but you guys talked about praying to saints. We did. Yeah. And, true. And he said, your heaven's not big enough, Nick. And that was great. That <laughs> My was, heaven has all those people uh, in it. Yeah. yeah. I, I love David Devil, who, who Nick yeah. Nick uh, debated. I think he's great. He's a Catholic and he's a, he's a professor. But that was the quote of the podcast. He said, your heaven's <laughs> not big enough, Nick. I like want a t-shirt that says that. Um, but okay, let's wrap this thing up. I think, um, yeah, I mean, whoever this, this guy, I think it was a guy who sent this in. And if it's not, I'm sorry. Um yeah there this is like a this this is a question that i think we're going to continuously get probably for the next 10 years i don't like people are just going to keep asking this over and over and over again and because i think people are feeling yeah they're feeling fear they're feeling worry they're feeling anxiety they're feeling and because of that they're feeling lost they're feeling like they don't know how to have a relationship mm-hmm. with god they feel like they don't have the holy spirit they don't know what the holy spirit is they yeah. don't know how to deal with their own spirit they don't know what all these terms are what they mean they don't understand theology and it's all incredibly intimidating and yeah. the the one encouragement that I have is like th- these things should be intimidating, but they become less intimidating when they're met with the revelation of the gospel. Like when the gospel gives you the opportunity to do these things, you can't you're not going to just do them on your own. I mean, yeah. it gives you the desires and the opportunity. Not all the time. You're not always yeah. going to want to do these things, but at least you'll have a chance. And yeah. like, I mean, I would have never, ever wanted to stop sexually sinning unless I and there's there's the gospel the changing of your heart is really what what changes people towards wanting to to do these things do the i guess do the right yeah. thing do the virtues yeah. figure out how to change yeah them. and if you're like this person who says look i've been trying to believe the gospel yeah right. then one of the things i would say is okay two things then mm-hmm. uh one is are you also believing in the world too and yeah. filling your eyes and attention with yeah. the world also because yeah. that will dilute it and then secondly if you are really trying to believe the gospel are you have you accidentally believed in some bad version of religion? Right. right? right and I would right. go through those things that I said before. Yeah. I'd also seek spiritual direction, somebody yeah. who could like yeah. help you suss that out and figure out what's going on. Cause right. there's probably something to miss right. in what you're believing. Um, you might check out the book, good news for anxious, anxious Christians by Philip Carey. I think he might yeah. be a great person to bring on yeah. the, on the podcast. Um, but that will help dispel some bad mysticism that's often in evangelicalism that produces a lot of anxiety in people. Mm-hmm. And then that Discerning Spirits books by Dan Burke, I think, can help people who are in a state of desolation, mm-hmm. which is kind of that description. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind remind you, listen, almost everybody feels this way mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Our culture is so worldly and what's done to us emotionally is so mm-hmm. inhuman right. that it is really, really harmed our capacity for deep powerful emotion right it's led to kind of a dullness in all of us yeah that's really powerful and i want you to know that you're not alone right and that god really cares about you mm-hmm. and there is a way out of this and mm-hmm. if you follow that path it will lead to a deep emotional life mm-hmm. of like fulfilling relationships and deep faith right. but you have to find the way out you can't quit yeah 
you can't give into your mm. anxiety and let it blame God mm. so that you can dump God so that you can feel better in the short term. Mm. You have to seek a deeper answer mm. and a better answer and mm. find God where he really is mm. rather than where you demand he meet you. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Um, in some ways to come back around to what you're reading in some ways, like that's the one thing Job would not let go of Yeah, that for all his frustration right. with God's apparent absence right. and mistreatment right. of him, right. he believed right. in God more than himself. Right. I mean, he, and that got him through until the answer came. Right. Chapter two, uh, his wife says to him, just give up. Yeah. Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. I've obviously read that a bunch of times because that's like a popular passage. But it's like, that's true. I mean, that's true of this as well. It's like you don't, you know, also you don't just get to experience joy in God and then not experience the hardships. You have to experience all of it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, look, like this person already sent a question. And so just find somebody or find somebody in a local church or if you're not part of a local church, that's probably part of the problem. Be, become a part of a local church. Yeah, you yeah. need to find a local church that has a spirituality yeah. that can help you. Yeah. And there's just a lot of churches where the spirituality is just way too shallow. Right. If, you're, right. if your church has a lot of bright lights and colored lights on the stage and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and a pastor that wears really fashionable sneakers, right. that's great. And maybe there's also a really deep spirituality there. Right. But you might have to go and spend some time with people you would not think are cool. Yeah. In order to find the kind of spirituality, especially you if your pastor has incredibly skinny jeans, I mean that's <laughs> the worst. I don't buy any theology coming out of skinny jean pastor. I just don't buy it. Um, it's hard. It's yeah, and it. But I don't mean to pick on that. But like people who spend a lot of their yeah. time on image, yeah, are not the people these people need. Yeah, it's vanity. They're yeah. vain. I don't like how. You, I mean, well, you're not going to learn much from yeah. them. Yeah, so. and some people are doing a little bit so that yeah. people's. Because you sometimes you have to, when, yeah, when people are in a yeah. state of sensuality, yeah, you yeah. have to get past their vanity to even talk to them. Right. And right. so, but that's a hard thing to play, right? Yeah. Like, and so, I mean, I try to dress good yeah. enough right. so people won't just turn me off in their right. shallowness. Right. But then I'm just trying to get past it as soon as I can. So Andrew said one year for St. Patrick's Day, you wore all green suit. Did you ever do that? I wore, it has a bright green blazer, like a lime yes. green blazer and yeah. bright yellow pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, that's exactly what will get the attention of people who are very sensual. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I dress weird just to mess with people. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I'm... There was one day at my church, so some of you guys don't know this if you go to High Point, where I just rolled up one of my pant legs to my knee. And that's it? And people couldn't listen to the sermon. Why? They were freaking out. Why? Because they didn't know why I had my pant leg rolled up and you're not supposed to do that. Why? Who made the rule? No, but I, I mean, I did it to show them. Yeah. That they're too focused like, on. What what's are you paying wrong? attention to? Yeah, right. Right? right. And, and part of my point in the sermon yeah. was what you pay attention to is the most important thing right. about you. You're paying attention to my pant leg. Yeah. Do you realize how like yeah. ridiculous that when is? When was that? Was that recently? I can't remember how long ago it was. Oh, it was a long time ago. It was ago. brilliant though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think people need to hear more of that. I mean So yeah, and I just want to encourage you guys, like when you when you come across people like this, um, encourage them. Yeah. And I would specifically encourage them that this is a psychological process. Yeah. Um, it's not a, it's not, it's not a fact issue because we know so little about our faith right. that it's not like Christian has been proved wrong. It's a, it's a, it's an right. emotional issue. Right. Um, yeah, you didn't, and you need to, you need to yeah. deal with it. Like it's an emotional issue. If you, if you have a friend who's struggling with this and you just try to answer their questions, mm-hmm. none of your answers are ever going to be good enough. Yeah. 
and they'll just go further and further down the road and you're going to enable them go to lose their faith because yeah. they, they're listening the wrong way yeah. to you. And so right. every time you try to answer the question in their mind, they're just confirming that Christianity doesn't have the answer because yeah, right. they're listening so critically. Your answer could never be good enough. Yeah. And then they go, Oh, here's another person trying to give me an answer. It's not good enough. There's no answers. Yeah. Right. 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 It's better to confront them emotionally and say, right. is there any answer? What, what answer would be good enough for you? Mm-hmm. Or like, are you answering questions, criti- asking these questions critically or curiously? Right. Are you sitting on judgment on God? Or are you letting him judge you mm-hmm. so that you can grow? Yeah. Or are you trying to see if he can get big enough to fulfill you? Yeah. Right. 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 And, and so it's hard to learn how to minister and care for people, but encourage them, remind them every, like everybody's struggling with this on some level mm-hmm. and then try to focus it as an emotional process mm-hmm. and then try to help them move in, in that direction. Mm-hmm. And the be- the better you can understand the bad religions in, in the church, the more you can figure out what somebody's stuck in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we might circle back around and do a whole podcast yeah. on bad religion. Yeah. Well, right. I was thinking about that earlier that we should do something on that. Um, before we go, this is it's, we'll release this one on May 20th, 19th, whatever Friday is 19th. Um, and optivenetwork.com, the website comes out on June 1st. And so, we're about two two weeks away, about no a week and a half away from from Optimus Network launch. coming out. And so, for people listening, what that means—if you've listened this long, you might be the kind of person yeah, that would you, buy a membership. Yeah, you might be the, the kind of person <laughs> to buy a membership. Yeah, what that means is 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 basically here's going to be the layout on the website. So we're going to have articles, exclusive podcasts. We'll have other exclusive content as time goes on. Um, but we're basically going to release two articles a week. Um, written by a, a bunch of different people. Uh, Nick has written some stuff. I've written some stuff. Uh, we've, I mean, Annalise from the Feminine Not Feminist podcast is, is writing some stuff. We have people writing political stuff, economic stuff, people who are college educated, very smart people writing really good stuff. Um, and so we're going to release two articles a week. They're going to be more uh, article slash essay. They're going to be longer form. Um, and then uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, we're going to do a uh, Nick and I will do our podcast, our regular podcast every Friday or every Wednesday or every Monday. We, we haven't figured out exactly which date that is going to go on. And then, um, and then if you have a subscription, you're going to get 30 extra minutes of this podcast, whatever that looks like, whether we're going to answer your questions or we're going to just continue to talk more about whatever topic we're on. But this, this feed that you're in right now on Spotify, Apple, Google, you're only, you're not going to get everything where you, we're going to cut you off. And you, we're going to ask you for your money. And so, and then for Feminine Not Feminists, we're going to do the similar thing. We're going to do, she's going to do a podcast, but then she's going to do 30 extra minutes. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to be actually releasing a new podcast on June, uh, first week in June called Across the Aisle. It's going to be a political podcast. We have a guy named Matt Flaherty, who's, he's a liberal. He's not a Christian. Um, very smart and he is from the East coast. And so him and I will be going on every single week discussing different political topics, different things happening now, things happening today. And, and so, um, that will also be a situation where it'll be, you'll get extra, extra time on, on the website when you buy a subscription. So that will be a $5 subscription. You'll, then there's an option for a $25 subscription. These for people, people who really just want to blow their money on stuff like this and talk to us because what we, what we'll do on the $25 subscription is we will have, um, all of those things then added. We'll have like a once a month interaction with all of the, the talent mm-hmm. and, uh, on via zoom or something like that. And then, 
And then there'll be another option called the legacy option for people. And we'll talk more about that later mm -hmm. on and what that means. But this is coming in a week and a half. And so um, we... Yeah, it's like a soft start. Right, it's a, a soft, soft start, start but, yeah. But what we're looking for is, like, if you're just like, I just use this and I want to pay for the the, what the resources I'm getting, then great, yeah. subscribe. Right. We really appreciate that. Yeah. We do think it's... We do think that it's a moral consideration when yeah. people serve us and enrich our lives. We right. should right. respond in some way to help right. enrich theirs. Right. But also we're looking for patronage, like yeah. all great yes. art in the history right. of the Christian church right. and like cathedrals and all the things that yeah. the church built. Yeah. Somebody stepped up and said, I will yeah. pay, I will pay for things yes. other people will receive. Yes. Right. And I want to, I want to be a patron of this work, not just a consumer yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we created the $25 level and some right. of the other ones. But even if you're like, well, you know, I don't have to pay five bucks. Yeah. I just like this podcast. Right even just doing the $5 level as a patron saying like, no, I want yeah. this to exist. Right. Right. Because right. at some point, like we have to make some money to be able to get more yes, talent right. in Optive. Right. There's some people who we really are like-minded with. We think we right. could build a really good media right. company with. Right. And at some point we have to pay a few people right. to do this full time yeah. and yeah. to give their right. time to it. So right. um, if, if you like the vision of right. human life, Christian faith and so on that you're hearing here, right. um, putting right. some of your money in it would right. help us to accomplish right. this. And people should know that there's like, there's been a lot of people. I mean, this is a project that I've had. I mean, if you, if you map it all out, I mean, it goes back four or five years and, and then it's come to fruition over the last year in a lot of specific ways, but it's, it's a long project and we don't fully know what Optive is going to end up being like. And we, the goal is to create, I mean, not necessarily a Christian media company. We want to create a media company that is about debate, conversation, long form, mm -hmm. civil discourse and things like that. But right. We can't do it unless people are going to give us money for that. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, but that is owned by people us. who have Christian value. Right. Yeah. I mean, like there's four owners me, Nick, Scott Kyle and uh, Keylink Jason, Jason Hesse, because <laughs> he, never mind. His Instagram handle is Keylink Jason. But us four have ownership of the company, not all equal. I own more than everybody else, and then Nick, and then the other two mm -hmm. own similar amounts. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're Christians. We're going to try to take it in it, but not in a direction that's like, too Christian, you know, we want there to be atheists and, and non-believers so that we can even right, be pushed back against. We can't have if we have it right. exclusive, but we right. will have podcasts that are exclusively right. Christian. Totally, if you want to yeah. hear this, right. this will exist, this will but exist. there will also be interactive stuff yes, with people right. and yes. there will be, and yes. even on our articles, one of the things that we want to do is yeah. we'll have rebuttals within yes. Optive. Yeah. So somebody will write an article right. and yeah. then another person will right. write a couple paragraphs in response to right. it or yeah. a full article in response yeah. so that we'll have that kind of long form debate even. Right. The goal is to have you people figure out what you believe, not mm -hmm. to tell you what to believe. I mean, that, yeah. and that's what's lacking in media. I don't, I'm not interested in coming on here and saying, you have to believe capitalism is the best way to do economics. Mm -hmm. No, we're going to have capitalism. We're going to have Marxism, socialism. We're going to have all these different things presented, debating and battling each other out. And mm -hmm. yeah, the truth will prevail, but you're going to have to just figure out what you believe. And so mm -hmm. that's what's down the pipeline. I mean, this is coming up really quickly and mm -hmm. it's a long, it's a big project. A lot of people have really helped out. A lot of, a lot of people have volunteered their time and, and it's been, it's been, we'll see how it all goes. But, um, I think the next week that a website will be up with a landing page where you can go there and you can put your email in. And then when you put your email in and then when the website drops, you'll get an email that says, Hey, the website's out, go to the website. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's one more thing I was going to say, um, that is, I think you want to say mind. Nick's going to be fishing in Canada from the 19th for a few days after that. So pray that I'll catch very large fishes. That's I was going to, that was on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh gosh, there was one more important thing that I should say. Um, 
I don't know. Anyways, this is... Give me one second to think about this. There's one thing that I feel like I have to say, and I remember that I have to say it, but I can't remember what it is. Optive coming out. Oh, frick. I'm going to remember it later. Whatever. All right. If you like this podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, share this with your friends. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a review. And I know what I was going to say. Go and follow us on Instagram at Optive Network, on Twitter at Optive Network, um, because that's where you're going to get updates on articles and things like that and updates on when the website's going to come out. And uh, so be like, follow us on these things. We're going to try to use them in a way that's not going to control your brain and do all the thing, terrible things that we said in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Where I wanna, we're figuring out how we're going to use these media. We're trying to make, make yeah. media that is human. Right. And maybe that's not possible. Yeah, we're we're trying. Right. If we if we get five years into this, we realize we're just like everybody else. I'm I'm I will be willing to pull pull the plug. plug. But yeah, I I think so. Go follow us on the social media stuff. If you have questions for us for this podcast, if you're on Spotify, scroll down and and you can just ask your question right in Spotify. If not, email me at Andy at OptiveNetwork.com. We'll get to those questions. Um, But thanks for listening and we'll see you guys in the next one. Goodbye.